Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Wait, Podcast. we haven't clapped. We don't know oh, when to start. Point. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Super <laughs> goodbye in three, two, one. All good? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Awesome. Hello. I'm leaving that in, by the way. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax William. You broke my heart in a dream. I broke what? <laughs> you broke my heart in a dream, dear friend. Oh, what did I do in your dream? I sat there, and it was a weird dream, but AEW were coming to the UK, and I'd booked us tickets, front row, and I sent you a message, and I said, guess what I've got? I've got us front row tickets to go and see Dynamite at Wembley, I think it was. I can't believe we've got such great tickets. And you sent me a message back going, oh, thanks, mate. But I'm going with WrestleTalk, boys. <laughs> cut like to... I would ever go with those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but but cut, to, uh, cut to Dynamite. I, had, uh, I was on the uh, opposite the hard cam, so I was on the show for the whole thing. And for some reason, I just sat there for the whole show, chair empty next to me, with like a party hat, one of those party blowers with sad face on. The camera panned <laughs> to me, and I blew the, the horn and went, and that was that was my dream. Ah, oh, amazing! Uh, you did mention this to me, I think in a text or something. But ah, oh, the visualization is beautiful, my friend. Broke oh. my tiny black heart. I'm sorry, dream me is as much of a cunt as real me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy days, happy days. Well, that... I mean, welcome to the AEW preview show. <laughs> That's what tonight is, right? Well, let's let's. Well, I mean, we can talk about the 110 wrestlers released in the last two years. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers, isn't it? Well, it's saved two and a half million off the wage budget this last um, this last cull of wrestlers who don't normally see the light of day. And mm. uh, here's the thing: I know, and again, I know we message about this, so for a bit of context. So, Rich sent me the list of wrestlers released in 2020 and 2021. So, I think I said I think we're about 110 wrestlers released. And I said, and granted, yeah, I did forget about Miro. I was like, well, considering the people who are actually involved in storylines on TV at the moment, you, ha- you haven't missed many. But then I thought I should probably clarify my comments of this. So to us, and I had to take my semi-objective hat on this because obviously I love Miro. I think he's outstanding. And I think Malachi Black, based on one debut, could do very very well on tnt other than braun Strowman, who might have an element and inkling of people knowing who he is in the mainstream out of those 110 wrestlers released how many would joe public know are we not including brian danielson has he been released or did he just let was he technically released or did he let his contract expire well, he's not wanted to stay with WWE. Well, he didn't get fired. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, there. Sure. It wasn't his yeah. choice. To, uh, sorry, it was his choice. It wasn't against his will to be booted out of the company. <clears throat> Let me just find the list again. Hold on. So, I mean, it's kind of weird in that there's lots of people that I think would be like the next generation of stars, you know, that I think also, well, draw some eyes to the product. So you've got to say that the Good Brothers going to TNA impact where you want to call it definitely drew more eyes over there but is, is impact like, mainstream or is impact no, watched no. by wrestling fans 
Yeah, sure, sure, I agree with that. Um, I mean, there's a few people like Kurt Angle is quite a big name, like you know, very very famous, but not active, not massively not active wrestler yeah, though. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, like people like Akim and Razor, I think have a ton of potential. Not mainstream stars though. No, of course, yeah, yeah. Like if we're gonna do that, then no, yeah. not really. Which is WWE doesn't know how to make mainstream stars. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. But as we've said for years, the problem Bray, is now is that it literally is just a factory. It doesn't matter. No one's got a personality. No one's allowed to stand up. And yeah, heaps of those wrestlers have un you know unlimited talent and potential. And I like to think that some of these people on like a TNT or when they move over to TBS as well with Rampage and where they're when because Dynamite's moving to TBS um next year as well, isn't it? It's moving away from TNT to TBS as part of this deal, isn't it? I've heard that rumor. I don't know whether it's actually going to happen or oh, not. No, I thought I it I thought it was confirmed doing... as part of the the take up of the 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 next contract of rights for a for Dynamite. I think it was because yeah. obviously it's going back properly going back to the superstation. As far as I understand, that TNT is like BBC One and TBS would be like BBC Two sort of thing, yeah. you know? So it's like, I think if AEW does big enough numbers that someone would be convinced to keep it on TNT. But um, I genuinely don't know how it works. Like, I'm not American. Don't know this yeah. TV station broadcast and such, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying... Broadcast stations? Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. And whilst, obviously, I have slated everyone's favourite media content company, World Wrestling Entertainment... The only word wrestling's only in there because they've you know got all the patents and it takes a lot of money to change the name of the uh, of the stock exchange. They've released mm-hmm. 110 wrestlers, and the product hasn't changed. It's uh, yes, it's got progressively worse, but that's because they're still using the same 20 wrestlers wrestling again and again and again, which is technically what we've already started to see in 2014. Nice link. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like um. Again, like there's those four names of people that have left. There was Braun Bray, Tommy End, and Rusev that I think could be superstars for them. And I think AEW will prove at least two or three of those will be superstars for them. Superstars for wrestling or superstars in the world of entertainment? I think entertainment and such. I think I've shown AEW to a bunch of casuals recently. Just I've been sitting watching it on Discord and they've been like, what are you doing? I'm like, watching wrestling it's my job <laughs> they're like you get to do what for your job i get to i get to watch wrestling and they're like oh isn't it really shit and i'm like no no watch this and they've all come away going oh can we please do this again next week i'd love to watch this again and these are not people that watch wrestling at all like they may know who the Aust- austin is or the austin they may know who austin is or <laughs> you turned into Danhausen. ah cold steve ah the austin <laughs> the austin of gold and my and my favorite one the rock Dway, uh the rock Dway, i don't know what's it oh oh i've got it wrong the rock oh fuck <laughs> it johnson derain rock oh. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I think um, it's like, I, I like think... The Rock, Dwayne the Johnson or something like that. Yeah, fucking A. Like, for me, again... Oh, that's like, it. Rock if... the Dwayne Johnson. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Calls Jericho Chris Judas. <laughs> I enjoy sure, that. Sure, sure. Honestly, I think if... I think AEW should try everything to try and get Braun and Brock across. Because I think they're superstars for them. Especially Braun. I think if Braun goes Hollywood and they really push him into like some sort of Marvel scenario or something like with Batista or something... I think it could be amazing. And I think Jade Cargill as well could be an absolute star in Hollywood. 
the look that woman has like jesus christ she could be a huge star as like a superhero or something but do you think they've called on her potential again by putting her with mark mm-hmm. sterling maybe I, I wondered whether there was something up whether she had an injury or whether she needs some training or something because she's doing lots of promo work but she's not been in the forefront um there's a thing with AEW where they they seem to like focus in on maybe three or four women on the, the mainly dynamite i would say and just kind of focus on just them so at the moment it's kind of like um nyla rose Britt baker now red um, velvet coming up for the belt in pittsburgh yep and maybe like one or two others here and there but they never really have a lot going on with their women's divisions, even to this day, even though I think it's got a lot better than it was. But um, I don't know. Sorry, going back to the whole thing of that, I think the most important thing here with the AWWE discussion is that I know you agree with me that AW is a much better, more interesting product as a wrestling fan right now. That's really the only way I can judge it because I am a wrestling fan. But I think losing what I would consider the two most over baby faces in the last maybe 20 years is brian danielson cm punk to your closest rival i think is a huge issue <laughs> wait they've, but, they've lost it to peacock <laughs> <laughs> sorry say again i said they lost it to peacock they their own worst my own rival oh, is themselves yeah exactly as i said to you during the week that if people really stop watching that is enough to make fox peacock whoever cancel and default on deals and well, such and, <sighs> This uh, is the interesting. See, I, d- I don't. I don't think it ever will. You know what I mean. I don't think that there's such a lack of interest in WWE, no matter how bad it gets to me, that it will disappear. And I think TV stations need viewership desperately right now. And WWE does bring eyes that wouldn't usually be on their TV stations on their TV stations. Did I know? Obviously, I, I nerded you, and I mentioned a lot of thing in the Q2 financials call. Did you? With any of your free time, did you listen to this thing start to finish or did you just read the coverage online? No, I have such little time with everything that's going on in my world at the moment. So long and short of it, and if you read between the lines and you enjoy the the love and joy of business speak like I do, people mention the TV ratings and I've never before on a, on a financial school had such clarity that Nick Khan was a bit like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Because we've got all this other, you know, this this online media content that generates us this money. So the TV ratings, the TV deals don't really mean that much. And it's a bit like, because, because TV ratings are still dead, but as you, as you rightly said, even though it's a really low number in comparison to what we've seen for Raw and SmackDown in the past, the fact that it can still draw these huge audiences, and it's still like the number one cable show. Uh, and it does does nothing. I mean, look at the rating that Raw did. Was it like a 1.6 or 1.7 compared to the episode we're going to cover shortly, which did a 3.26? Uh, different numbers mean different things, by the way. The, the thing we're looking at, there's a 3.6 on this, is not million viewers. No, it's... it's That's a Nielsen rating. Yeah. And we're looking at... And nowadays, they'll say 1.6 million people watched. And so they're, they're different numbers. But yeah, it's, it's a lot less than 1.6 is what it boils down to. If we're looking at Nielsen. Yeah, but again, looking at a Nielsen rating of 3.26, it is a lot less, yeah. but it's still considerably more than what a lot of channels in the States are getting, unless they've got an absolute winner, like when the Big Bang Theory was doing like its final season and getting 
huge numbers, but still didn't get Friends numbers because, as as we've said so many times in this pod, people don't watch TV. They stream. They watch it through other resources. Huh. So, and, and, it's, and what I'm getting at is that I think maybe I said TV numbers too specifically. I mean, just if eyes are off the product, if there's oh, yeah. a big enough distraction over here, like you know, think about being at a football game. There's a fight in the corner. No one watches the football game anymore. Everyone just looks at the, the fight. And people have only got so much time in the day. And if AEW is going to be doing four shows a week and they all start to get massive distractions from AEW, I don't think people can have time for WWE, whether it's online, whether it's TV or whatever. I'm just, I think that's worst case scenario. I don't think it will happen. I think WWE has enough fanboys and everything that it's never going to disappear. I hope it doesn't. It's, it's bad for my job if it does disappear. Well, that's the thing. We need to, we need to keep uh, the media company of WWE going to make sure you can keep in a job. But, you know, speaking of media companies, uh, what network? This was on the USA Network, the episode we're covering today, isn't it? <laughs> that was a shit transition. Okay. <laughs> Usually you're better than that. Man. <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I've already done two and they, they dropped on deaf ears. Even I you know. did one. You did one about Batista and you could have transitioned straight in, but we missed the opportunity. So we... We have to take the dregs. Remember I texted you earlier being like, I look forward to chatting to you about anything but this show in 2014. <laughs> the Tunker in Warhammer's really good. Yeah, fucking A he is. Oh god, that army looks awesome. Yeah, I painted my uh my uh what's it called? I can't remember the name of the bloody army suddenly. What else? I texted you it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i would think of it as I'm I'm, I'm I'm old hammer mate i'm not gonna call it whatever these little elven jizz monkeys are i don't know yeah i, I really don't know oh, what the luminous luminous there you go yeah it's, it's some sort of like beastie elf type character it looks fucking awesome though he's got a three-string bow and i'm like dude what so he's like fucking legolas like flying three arrows at once it's pretty gangster anyway wrestling 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 th- WWE raw the 3rd of march 2014 look how much i care but first tax what happened on smackdown this week oh my goodness what a smackdown again it was on the sci-fi network oh the nelson rating of 2.05 smackdown episode number 758 that's only point well oh god i'm doing what i said to not do earlier so smackdown did a two million this week it's pretty astonishing considering Well, we are. That show was dreadful, but it still did two million. So who knows? We were broadcast on the twenty eighth of February, twenty fourteen, but we recorded on the twenty fifth of February, twenty fourteen, at the BMO Bradley Harris Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Good wrestling city. Good wrestling city. So, <clears throat> after hearing the Boo Birds Monday on Raw, Batista brackets Bootista came to SmackDown with a very definite purpose to make sure the WWE Universe knew exactly how he feels about them. Mildly indifferent. Emerging the undecidedly mixed reaction, the animal went off, stating that he did not come back to be liked, fucking good thing, but to become the next (laughs) WWE World Heavyweight Champion. The number one contender to Randy Orton's illustrious title said he will be anyone who is put in front of him because he is, and I quote, everything that Randy Orton is pretending to be, and more. <laughs> calling out other superstars. Interesting, okay. Calling out other superstars he deemed inferior, including Daniel Bryan, the hero of the piece. Batista told the WWE Universe that no one is as good as he is, and everyone just needs to just deal with it. 
then <laughs> what the, a promo then wow. the outspoken Dolph Ziggler interrupted with microphone in hand as you would at a pro wrestling event what? after calling Batista a dinosaur the show off demanded a match against the newly returned superstar and when Batista agreed Ziggler hit the animal with a drop kick before exiting the ring therefore setting up what we have on the line today now this was the opening sequence Shortly after this, on the WWE app, if you were watching it, don't worry, because they showed you a highlight if you didn't, SmackDown general manager Vicky Guerrero made the match official for later tonight. We've got Ziggler versus Batty Goal later on Smacky D. Ford- Wait, oh, did you call him Batty Doll? Batty Goal, like uh, Gabriel Batistuta. <laughs> That sounds so on PC. Okay, I know I know what you mean. Yeah, because they called him Batty Girl when he was playing for Fiorentina. I I've never heard that in my life. That's such a niche reference. Good thing I clarified it. Then, if you think there's any concern there, they called him Batty Girl. <laughs> like, what did you think of? <laughs> Fuck me. Okay, good start. Carry on. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to hear. Four days after Swagger Costa Zara his match against uh, IC Champ Big E. The real Americans of uh, Swagger and uh, Cesaro um, battled the Titanic title holder and Mark Henry on SmackDown. Can Zeb Coulter's boys remain on the same page? Well, guess what? Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they do occasionally, don't they? That's weird. Um, Sheamus continued his feud with uh, Bertie River and he won by DQ. And it's, you know, unbelievable. The fact that, you know... Unbelievable! And do you want to know what the disqualification was? <clears throat> Go for it. So, obviously, last week on Raw, we had Christian versus Sheamus. Christian came out and attacked Sheamus. He demanded... Demanded respect. However, someone else came out demanding something. Demanding the attention of the WWE Universe. Lana then appeared and introduced Alexander Rusev. So Lana and Rusev debuted on SmackDown, not this Raw. Interesting. Okay. Well, they've been having vignettes, haven't they? Yeah, but actually on the show, like in person. Yeah. No, on the ramp. And who once again stated his plans. Sorry, once again stated her plans for Rusev for WWE yeah. dominance. Hey, guess who's out next? Because we haven't seen them enough. Um, I'm not going to do any uh, acronyms for them because I assume you have a good one later. But the Shield are out. The Hounds <laughs> of Justice. <laughs> I have a banger for that later. <laughs> yeah, You're so, going to love it. <laughs> so I definitely don't want to, uh, don't want to do it. But the Hounds of Justice uh, got things uh, together long enough to deliver a message of unification with someone holding a camera, pledging to hunt the Wyatt family. Interesting. Um, next up, it's uh, Dolph and um, Dave. Uh, Batista bomb. Ziggler lost. What a surprise. <gasps> but now, don't worry. After answering Cena's call on Raw and injuring his knee, even though they couldn't see him. Bray Wyatt and his disciples came to SmackDown with a message to the leader of the Sea Nation, saying that Cena was the hero and he hides behind a plastic smile. Pretty sure that's Summer Rae. We'll get to her later. Bray claimed that although he's vilified, he said he'll slay the dragon, but he's already done that. He beat Daniel Bryan anyway, and he defeats Cena. However, before Bray Wyatt could complete his thought and blow out his LED light, the shield emerged. They were looking for a fight. But, you know, who's here to ruin the fun? Johnny Sack Everyone. Triple H came out. Johnny Sack Everyone. 
That's great. Um, but they, there was a little brawl. He tried to break it up, and he promised them. And they made an announcement, a blockbuster announcement per Maggle. Um, there'll be a massive six-man tag team match on Raw. Triple H had ordered the Shield to stand down, but on Raw, we get the Shield versus the Wyatts. Hey, what do you think about paying off that feud with um, the match we had a couple of weeks ago and we've had like the singles match in between? Uh, what do you think about this Shield I, feud? I, I have right. a massive point about this later on, so we'll get to that later. Right. But cool. hey, you know we like repetition in WWE. Remember at Elimination Chamber when there was that Divas title match between Cameron and AJ? Oh, yes. Well, guess what happened on SmackDown? <laughs> was it Cameron versus AJ? For the Divas title. Yes, you're correct. But AJ... At least the women's champ was actually on the fucking show this time. Well, AJ with the Black Widow for the victory. And then we got to our main event of SmackDown, which no one gives a shit about. Hey, Rich, it's SmackDown in 2014. What type of match do you think is going to be in the main event? <laughs> hmm. I wonder... Was it a tag match of some sort, Bojo? But a how many person tag match? A six person tag Oh, Bojo? you are right. It's our hero of the piece tagging with the Usos to take on Kane and well-known bedfellows, the Old Age Outlaws. Oh, yeah, of course. Because, you know. Yep. <laughs> how did it go? Well, the finishing sequence. Um, Billy Gunn. <laughs> we'll get to Dan Howes in the comment again in a second. Actually, no, I'll do it now. Do you want to know who he started to refer to Billy Corgan as? Billy Corgan? Okay, yeah. go on. With his want to rest in the NWA, he started referring to him as Billy Pumpkin. And it just popped me, and <laughs> nice. I enjoyed it very much. But anyway, Billy Gunn hit the famous sir, and it was looking bad for our hero, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. But um, our, our good friend Daniel Bryan dug deep, kicked out at two and three quarters, and then he hit Billy Gunn with the running knee. Because that's because I'm not going to call it what it actually is. I'll call it how they call it on SmackDown. He hit him with a knee, and Daniel Bryan pinned <laughs> Billy Gunn for the victory. So that long diatribe was actually five matches on a two-hour SmackDown. We had on commentary Maggle Cole and JBL ringing out to Lillian Garcia, and our referees were Jason Ayers, John Cone, Derek Moore, and everyone's favourite Little Nate. Awesome. That show sounds incredibly tedious. Yep, I'm really glad that I spent the time to research <clears throat> the findings. But hey, like you said, let's crack on. <laughs> Speaking of tedious, then now forever, forever, uh, we get another cold open of Michael Cole. Whoa. <laughs> Just taking a sip of water there because I thought you were going into the intro. I thought, don't right. spit that over the mic. We can do that again if you like, like a professional. <laughs> His opening line. Well, the road Boo. to WrestleMania... See, look, I can do it without water. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Cole's opening line. Well, the road to WrestleMania winds through Chicago tonight. Oh, shit. The... <laughs> oh, no. If you've been following this series, you might wonder what this show is going to be like. Well, the camera pans across the raucous Chicago crowd over a sea of CM Punk signs, Colt Cabana heads, and one sign that says, Batista likes fish sticks. <laughs> so does MJF. Why call me a gay fish? <laughs> I don't like fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Uh, Cole continues to welcome us to the show. He says the usual shit. 
as loud CM Punk chants rain down over Cole, trying to put the card over for tonight. 13,731 Super No Vacancy All-State Arena in Chicago, Illinois. They make a shitload of crap. Shitload of noise, sorry. Uh, tonight we're going to have Dragon versus Batista. Huge pop for Dragon. Huge boost for Batista. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love this crowd so much. But um, yeah, Tax, why is it such a problem that we're, that we're in Chicago tonight for this episode of Raw? Well, as you would have heard earlier in the pod, in this series, when we covered the Royal Rumble in 2014, Mr. Punk got a concussion and walked out of the company. It turns out that the fans in Chicago don't really want to see anyone else other than CM Punk. And if you remember back to uh, Money in the Bank, when CM Punk first said he was going to leave, and the attitude that the crowd had that evening, impossibly... In this era of WWE, the most entertaining main event, or one of the most entertaining main events in WWE history, um, the fans might have let it be known. Now, I don't know if they pumped this in just for glory. They <laughs> might have made it known a little bit that they quite fancied um, CM Punk. Yeah. <clears throat> Tonight... There are CM Punk chants. A lot of CM Punk chants. This crowd are fucking fuming. From the moment the show starts until the moment the show ends, all they want is CM Punk. Like, absolutely, that is it. Like, Dragon gets a bit of a pop. They care for his segments, but that's about it. Like, I actually gave my little prediction to Nandy. It's not like we started doing this. I wrote it down. What did I say? I said, um, blah, 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 blah. Well, basically, this is going to be three hours of people chanting CM Punk. They're going to care about a 10-minute segment for just segment for Dragon, probably. And then Dragon will probably lose to Batista in the main event. That was my prediction going in. So when I saw this, and again, I'd completely forgotten about what happens on this episode of Raw, because, you know, a lot of this stuff is unforgettable anyway. <laughs> Me too, I'd forgotten it as well. However, I did think to myself, WWE are in Chicago. They've been getting a lot of shit recently. What did WWE do to really let the fans know that they're acknowledging them? Do they, A, try and give the fans something they'd like to take their mind off it? Or B, do they <laughs> do what they did? <laughs> Look in my eyes, what do you see? Giant fucking pop. Some time passes. Some more time passes. <laughs> Control personality. CM Punk. CM Punk. More time passes. Close up. More close ups of the morons passes. in the crowd. Lots of close ups <laughs> to start with. People jumping up and down. But as time passes, the faces mm. in the crowd go from jumping up and down to celebrating to one bloke leaning over to his mate, and he just said, "He's not coming, is he?" <laughs> 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 and then one of them sat there with a sad hat and a party whistle in the front row because his mate fucked up. Oh, I'm sorry. And eventually out walks Paul Heyman to masses of booze. This is very evident that someone backstage has gone, right, they're going to shit all over the show. Who can we chuck out there to make it okay? Right, you go, Paul. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> But Paul, don't worry, we're not going to give you 
Brock's entrance theme. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to oh, give Living Colour some money from royalties. What, what a way to shit all over your fans, your loyal fan base, you know? I mean, this... Like, it's a good heat getter. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> it, it did make me chuckle just watching the people in the crowd look genuinely so upset. Mm, and like, even like, yeah. the, I was going to... Now we've done this, like, I've, uh, I could do my little opening little couple of lines it's a case of faced with a chicago crowd foaming at the mouth for the return of cm punk paul Heyman addressed his former protege's absence in only the way he knew sitting cross-legged in the ring and denouncing the wwe universe oh genuinely paul Heyman, given the opportunity in the microphone definitely didn't follow any fucking script <laughs> I'm going to splice that promo in here because it's really fucking good and you get to hear the reactions and stuff. Things are boring. I came here tonight to tell the story of a Paul Heyman guy. A Paul Heyman guy that was never truly wanted in WWE. A Paul Heyman guy that they thought was too small to main event WrestleMania. A Paul Heyman guy that didn't have the right corporate look. A Paul Heyman guy that had too many tattoos. A Paul Heyman guy that would rebel against the system, against the authority, against the first family to such a degree that they didn't want him in WWE from day one and they don't want him in WWE right now. I came here tonight to tell you the story of a Paul Heyman guy that had the balls to say what nobody else had the balls to say. I came here tonight to tell you about a Paul Heyman guy that was born in raised in and still lives in Chicago. My name is Paul Heyman and ladies and gentlemen, this is my pipe bomb about C. M. Punk. Who is not here this evening. 
So what really happened? Why isn't CM Punk here tonight? Why won't anybody talk about CM Punk anymore? Because there is a finger to point around here. There is someone to blame. There is someone to hold accountable why CM Punk just wouldn't put up with it anymore. And ladies and gentlemen, there comes a time where you have to risk your own job security and point that finger of blame. And tonight, in this very ring, I point the blame for the fact that CM Punk is not here tonight. I point that finger at each and every single one of you. The look on Heyman's face when he has to announce that Punk isn't here this evening. There's like this genuine, oh, fuck. <laughs> but then like the worker in Heyman comes out as the promo goes on. It's kind of brilliant. I, I mean, I, lo I loved it when it's like a, when it was like, and I can tell you the reason why he's not here. You're the, re you took him away. <laughs> you <laughs> people. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, a lot of people discredited Heyman for his last run with Lesnar because all the promos which in fairness were the same I am the advocate blah 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 but this promo was Paul Heyman at his very very best he invested the crowd he got them on his side like when you just heard the promo you got it he got them on the side in case of yeah I like CM Punk I'd want him to be here more than anything yeah. and everyone's like oh What's this? Maybe this is like an Austin thing where we're having a public call up going, please come back, Phil. Please come back. But no, Maybe. no. Then he turns it round to a match that genuinely people actually seem mildly interested in till, uh, till, till the end of the segment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the segment kind of goes. Um, Heyman starts to work. It's a real shitty situation that he's in, but he has to try and make something work here. So he drags out... Um, they show the replay, sorry, of Taker shiving Lesnar's hand, and he's like, this is my prison yard now. <laughs> Undertaker basically Bro said, if, as I signed up for Royal Sun Life Pension, I got this free pen. <laughs> so I'm going to stab you in the hand with it, you can. Oh, it's great. I love it. Uh, then... You know, Brock does his thing. Like, he cuts a little bit of a promo. Denny, it's all right. Um, and then Mark Henry comes out to be a sacrificial lamb, essentially. Somebody gonna get their ass kicked. Mark. Somebody gonna get their wig split. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this moment. I'm sure you caught it as well. Where Lesnar is beating the fuck out of Mark Henry, as you might expect here. But then he takes off the top of the announce table. He grabs the still rectangle monitors the old ones not the kind of new pad ones they have and he throws one down and he throws one into the ring that evidently bounces up and goes straight into the front row <laughs> yeah. and smashes some human in the face because the crowd are immediately like lawsuit lawsuit haters <laughs> uh lesnar's going crazy at ringside and at which stage cole and cole probably goes lord jerry they're chanting for you <laughs> Get those kids away from him. <laughs> oh, man. I, like, imagine having one of those monitors thrown at you by Brock Lesnar, of all people. Be fucking hurt. 
Jesus Christ, yeah. I'd love to try. I tried to find footage of this so we could clip it and put it on the Twitter or something, but nah, followers at World of Rest Pod. Um, so, crowd chant lawsuit. Brock gives Mark Henry an F5 through the table. Um, Wait, they weren't Spanish. This... <laughs> yeah, fair point. There is only one announce table as well. Yeah, there has oh, been yeah. for a while because, you know, cutbacks. No one speaks Spanish. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to also mention, this, this is a quite a fun opening segment and, uh, you know, it at least distracts the crowds a little bit. But honestly, every moment of this opening segment is accompanied by a CM Punk chant. Despite that, though, best opening segment of the series so far. And after watching yeah. this promo and this little attack on Mark Henry, I thought to myself, fucking hell. They're actually going to get into mania mode. This was genuinely entertaining. And then you know what? I pressed pause and I went and got myself a couple of bits of bread and honey, thinking I'll have a little treat whilst watching the rest of this because this is going to get good. I'm going to sit down with a snack and have a lovely time. <laughs> the optimism. I love it. Mm. Well, do you know what the highlight of the rest of this show WWE, was? Dude. Go on. My honey bread. Because it all oh, went yeah. to shit from here. At, at some point in my notes, I've got a list of the things I was eating as comfort food. So we'll get to that later. <laughs> I wish I could say it now, but I don't want to lose my place. Now, so I mean, the I one note I have this positive of this intro, right, is at least they're not saying network every other word. Very true, because they can't say it because it's just SEM Punk. <laughs> They probably yeah, were much. saying network. Which you couldn't hear it because the crowd's going, CM Punk, CM Punk. And Vince is backstage going, are they saying CM Punk or network? <laughs> They're saying network, <laughs> Vince. Great job. Nine ninety nine. Yeah, fucking A. Do you want to move on? Or yeah, I mean, uh, th- this is the problem. You know, this has been the main event, the main event of Raw the other week where Lesnar got stabbed with a poison pen. And we've started Raw with a lovely, lovely opening promo from Heyman. Brock held his own from the mic, even though he's a man of very few words. And Mark Henry F5-ing himself through a table was lovely. <laughs> I think Brock is underrated on the mic. I don't think he necessarily needs Heyman. I just think he's lazy. But you know what? You know what I really fancy, Rich? Because it's been a while. What I really want in this series, and I'm pretty certain we haven't seen it every week so far, I'd really fancy a tag team title match. Pitting. Is it Santino and or Emma versus Fandingo and Summer Rae? Well, I mean, I mean as, you, as you've mentioned this, right, here's our <laughs> match listing for today. Well, the Usos and the Outlaws. Big E and Cesaro. The Wyatts versus The Shield. Emma and Santino versus Fandango. Sheamus versus Christian. The Bellas versus Xana and Lakeshire Fox. We've got Dolphin Bertie River. We've got Big E versus Jack Swagger. Ooh, he's back. And then we've got Dragon versus Batista as hyped. Last week on Raw, let's count the matches which were identical or at least involved the same people. So last week, we had Big E versus Cesaro. We had Sheamus versus Christian. We had Emma versus Summer Rae. We had the Usos versus New Age Outlaws. And we had Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns. So we've got one, two, three, four, five matches which are pretty much replicated on this week's Raw. So Every single match is some sort of a rematch. So yeah, so not to try and save ourselves time, head over to worldofwrestlingpodcast.com, <laughs> listen to episode 111 for last week's Raw, and if you've already w- listened to it, 
go and buy a t-shirt at amazon.co.uk and just have the rest of the day off. See you later. Yeah, like, seeing the Chicago crowd, hearing Paul Heyman's opening promo, and the whole, the ribbing of having CM Punk's music playing, I expected Triple H to come out, cause a fucking riot. <laughs> it would have been amazing. The heat would have been great. Dragon comes out, interrupt him, bloody blah, blah, blah. That's not what they did. Fair enough. From that point onwards, again, I was a little bit more optimistic because I liked the whole Heyman thing. It was okay. And then you start to watch the show and then this ever feeling of dread of just like everything I like, they're either doing in about 30 seconds or it's exactly the same thing we've had for what, five, ten weeks now? It's incredible how much repetition there is. And I but know not developed people... repetition. Like if it was the same people, the story was developing, it might be interesting. And this and I mean I'm not even gonna list what we had on SmackDown that links to to most of this again, but this is it's the... not just raw, it's SmackDown as well. So it's like twenty shows where it's all the same. And potentially, you know, because there's so much in this holding pattern of repetition, it's no surprise that a hundred and ten potentially different professional wrestlers have been released over the last two years because i mean again looking down tonight's match card and obviously it's quite a long one so Heyman's still knocking around lesnar's not going to come out for the money the usos are still there outlaws aren't so that's good Big E's still there cesaro's still there two-thirds of the shield are still there sheamus is still there dragon isn't there anymore triple h is still there ziggler's still there bertie river's trying to come back Big match, John's there. Big That's Dave's never gonna there. Happen, but okay. What's not going to happen? Bertie River. Bertie River coming back. Yeah. I mean, fucking hell, Rich. I mean, I wouldn't pay anything past this shit show of a company. God, they did. I don't watch anyway, so it's not like my lack of viewership can affect their product in any way, shape, or form. But whatever. Should we talk about these matches? Yeah, great. Ta- although at least so- it's a title match. <laughs> at least the belts are on the line. <laughs> So we've got a WWE Tag Team Championship match of the Old Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dog versus the current champions, by the way, versus the Usos of Jimmy and Jay Uso. Uh, Road Dog tells the crowd they're not good enough to hear his catchphrases. Dude, that's the one entertaining thing you do. <laughs> well, they can't get over. The, they can't get over well, anymore. That's that's the thing. I know they're meant to be the heels, so this is a good heat getter. It's, oh, we wanted to do that with you. Like, I get it. Totally fine. I complained last week that they're getting they're getting cheered as heels and it doesn't make any sense. But apart from the introduction in 2014, what exactly are the outlaws doing? There's there's one moment in this match that get, got me a pop. I'll get to it in a second, but I, I don't know. Do we need to talk? We've talked about it so much. I'm just gonna go through. It gives a fuck. Oos, oh, spell rings. CM Punk. CM Punk. <laughs> a fan in the crowd has a terrorizing sign. Tax, who's terrorizing? I'm so happy you picked this up. It's our good old friend, Johnny Sackalot Bear. <laughs> Bonus points if you can spell terrorizing. Oh, so it was a T E R A, terror, uh, rising with a Z, wasn't it? Rising. Spell it for me. Go on. R I Z I N G. Okay, close. Okay, it's T E R A. Oh, I did a double R. R-, R-, R- R, it's R Y Z I N G. Terrorizing. <laughs> Great. Such a stupid name. 
Ah, fuck. Okay, so the Usos get the hot tag. Cole. Boo. And here comes Jimmy. CM and Punk. CM Jim- Punk. <laughs> and here comes Jimmy. And here comes Jim J. Jimmy, here comes Jay Uso. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jim Jimmer J. Jim Jimmer so J. Funny. Jim Jim Jeru. <laughs> he has no fucking clue which one's which. And to be fair, do I at this point? No. Nice little callback to the distraction roll-up finish they did previously, but this time Jimmy kicks out at two. I appreciated that spot. That's the one pop I got in this match. Ah, you're generous. <laughs> yep, but any callback to a match you had a few weeks ago, I think is a good idea, especially the finish of the match that you see them do the exact same distraction finish. Billy Gunn goes for the roll-up, but this time he kicks out. Like That's a nice little bit of storytelling. Well... Like that. I want to. Get, I would like to assume it's cre- credible storytelling, but do you think they're so old they forgot and said, let's do this roll-up spot? That is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Uso's tag on the house show dive. Really, really cool. Love it when they do that. Uh, super kick, a quick, don't worry, Superfly. We'll just show them you've been with, with me all day. It's off the top for the one, two, three. <laughs> for the first time. New WWE tag team champions, the Usos. Oh, so, the lads so bad. <laughs> the lads embrace and have a really genuine feel-good moment as the crowd do give a big pop for them because I think they're happy to see anyone but the New Age Outlaws holding the belts at this point. And big quiches at home celebrating. Yeah, sure. His boys just won the belts for the first time. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, it's a nice moment, even if it is a bit illogical and whatever. <laughs> it is nice, though. Right, but the Chicago wrestling crowd, as you said, the whole match. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Oh, well done, boys. Oh, that's nice. It's the first time they won the belt. Well done, Usos. Oh, you've out the ring now. CM Punk, CM, CM Punk, CM Punk. <laughs> say it Literally. fast because we missed the opportunity to say it. CM Punk, CM Punk. The second they embrace and lift the belts and put their hands down, CM Punk sits literally within seconds. Uh, yeah. No more old age outlaws, please. No more. That's it. That's enough. Get them off TV. I mean, surely they'll be at Mania, right? <laughs> I fucking hope not. I really fucking hope not. We have a guest host for the night tax. Uh... <sighs> <laughs> Did CM you watch Punk. Breaking Bad? Have you seen this show? <laughs> uh, I am aware of um, Mr. Paul. Um, but I have not watched Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad? I have not watched Breaking Bad, no. But I did watch a movie last night, Rich. Oh, what movie did you watch? I watched Thunder Force on Netflix. Thunder Force? I don't even know what that is. Let me save you time. Don't fucking waste your time. (laughs) I watched uh, the new... um, Oh my God, wow, that movie looks absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it was! And it was! Holy fuck! Wow. Hefty lasses doing the superhero gimmick. Okay, interesting. One has strength, one's invisible. Do you get it? Oh. <laughs> Do you know what's great? This movie is based on a video game. You should remember this fact for later in this part. Because <laughs> all movies that are based on video games are always really, really good. Isn't that right, Tax? That's factually accurate. Blade Runner mm. on the Amiga is a prime example of this. No, da, 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 da. Don't don't give me an actual good movie. Blade Runner's awesome. I was making a joke. And the game was most... even better. I mean, I assume the movie was good, but I've never watched it. You've <laughs> thrown my head into the realms of I don't understand what's happening. 
Anyway, Hang fucking on. Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul's you mean, here. St- you mean Sting- Shut the Sting- fuck up! <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I was going Blade Runner, so it would be Sting and Warrior, surely. Okay. You, you do know there's a really good movie called Blade Runner, right? Yeah, that's the one with, um, isn't it now Jailbird Wesley Snipes in it, yeah? Let's just move on. <laughs> Hello, so, is this thing Aaron- on? <laughs> Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad is here. Uh, Jesse Pinkman. It's, it's an amazing series. You should really check it out. But lads, 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 the next match, as you mentioned earlier, is Cesaro versus Big E. And I'm like, fuck yeah, please give me this match. Like, they're obviously going, right, we're in Chicago, the crowd are going to shit on us, give them a bunch of awesome shit. A- apparently not, Tax. <laughs> I mean, are you surprised at this stage? Yes. I was absolutely surprised by this. I didn't think anyone could book this this badly. This is fucking annoying how they did this. You all say E, and I'll say Cesaro. E, Cesaro. <sighs> a big E is the IC champ. This is non-title. Cesaro the heel is massively over with this crowd. <laughs> To be fair, Cesaro is playing up to the crowd, giving them the giant swing straight away, which I was like, huh, that's odd. Usually Cesaro knows how to pace a match and, you know, intelligently place where that giant swing is going to happen to get the biggest pop. But um, then it becomes quite obvious why he's doing the giant swing straight away. Why is that tax? Well, as we've seen on the last few episodes of the podcast, as we mentioned earlier, visit us at wordwrestlingpodcast.com to get all the previous episodes on our archive. Um, Swagger and Cesaro have been doing a little bit of running in and causing each other to be disqualified because they hate Big E so much. So at the end of the uh, the 10 swing rotation, Swagger jumped into the ring, flattened the champion with a Swagger bomb and uh, got his mate disqualified. So well done, Jack. 30 seconds this match went. CM Punk! CM Punk! <laughs> They've got Cesaro versus Big E in Chicago in front of a crazy raucous crowd who are massively into one of the wrestlers in the ring. <laughs> so like, Yeah, obviously. Yeah, massive racist in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Vince is backstage going, ah, fucking hate wrestling. Fuck them. <laughs> Just do this instead. You know what's fucking entertaining? Company. Last week, he cost his teammate. Ha! Do you know it'll be good shit? <laughs> Costing his teammate again. We're not a wrestling company. We don't need to do wrestling matches. Fuck these people. We make movies. They don't chant for my boy. <laughs> they chant for this fucking tattooed rebel guy that won't do what I tell him. Piece of shit. See Fuck him, McMahon. Fuck See him, McMahon. <laughs> Imagine 13,000 people paying for a ticket to watch this shit live. I bet the commercials were good. <laughs> Fucking hell, and this is what you deliver, like. Still merch sales are up since the pandemic, so that's good. <laughs> so we are moving at a hell of a fucking pace. We are straight into schlong, hog, iron, erection, love muscle, dong. What? Double J. I mean, the shield are here. I mean, out of all of those, I'm thinking iron. Interesting. Ooh. Give her the iron, mate. You know, I try to think of a word for dick that begins with I. That isn't iron. Eye erection. <laughs> I, w- I was tempted. Insurrection. 
Oh, yeah, fucking A. So, uh, Double J, I mean, um, The Shield are here. Uh, for a, as we mentioned earlier, six-man tag of The Shield versus Dean Ambrose versus The Wyatt. So, blah, 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 blah. so maybe Heyman went long earlier because the speed that they're jumping from match to match to segment to segment is astonishing here. We're like 15 minutes into the show beyond Heyman's thing. We've already had two, three matches. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's Heyman overran. I think it's a case of get someone out there, get the matches on, let's get it done and get out because these CM Punk yeah. Sharks are going to ruin our TV show. So let's get to break. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to get a crowd invested, give them the Shield versus the Wyatt family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it was great at the pay-per-view. Elimination Chamber, one of the highlights of the series we've done so far. Absolutely. So this is where I wrote down what I've eaten so far. <laughs> I had. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Spaghetti, garlic chia patta, two Kit Kats, and I just opened a punnet of grapes. The grapes are amazing, by the way. Really, really sweet. At this stage, I'd wrote down and started doing a very bad stick drawing that this was like Back to the Future, and four of the six <laughs> people had disappeared, and we need to get WWE to get back to normal so we could sort of have the faces of these people reappear on the picture. And then, like, Rollins yeah. then stands back up suddenly, drops all of the act, and turns back into like original like architect Seth Rollins. Earth Angel, Earth Angel, <laughs> brank, brank, brank. How strange is it that this is one of the most over things they have in twenty fourteen and only four of two sorry, two of these lads are still around. Yeah, I I mean Mox knew what he wanted to do. And also, as yeah. a quick aside, right? Internet fans shitting all over Moxley's physique the man has just had a kid, right? Yeah. If you I've have not had a child, boss. if you've not had a child, and you get, people will gain a few pounds because you don't fucking sleep for four years. Yeah, exactly. You don't have time I, to work I, out. I think he's starting to look like one of those like big dad hench guys from Japan. You know what I mean? A bit of burly on them, a bit of weight, like a Masao or a Kobashi or something. <laughs> I think he's looking fucking awesome. I, I I mean, I like the fact that he's very much done this going, right, I've done my title run. I don't really need to do anything now. I'll go and at some point fight Gage in uh, GCW, uh, yeah. a little death match, and then I'm going to beat the shit out of Tanahashi, which will be fun. Yeah, fuck yeah. That'd be great. I can't wait till we have like proper Ishii levels of like dad bod mocks. It's going to be fucking awesome. He's like six foot five or something. <laughs> Imagine once he gets a bit of a belly and a bit of a lariat behind him. He's going to be fucking murdering people. <laughs> it's going to be great. I can't wait till I return to wrestling if I ever do with my little beer gut at the moment, which is fueled with cream soda. When people go, go, it'll be like, oh, well, that dad, hang on, isn't your daughter four and a half now? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Buy my merch. <laughs> Got to feed the baby. Yeah. I mean, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've eaten the baby. <laughs> So these six lads stand off to this is awesome chance. Chicago's really optimistic to start. <laughs> Dives <laughs> to the outside by the shield and off we go. So there's this great bit where Seth is just going fucking mental, diving onto each of the wires on one end of the ring, back and forth. He goes up the top rope, Mox jumps in the ring, knocks Seth off the top accidentally. And we immediately get into this shield dissension stuff. And... My favourite part about all the shield dissension stuff that's mainly between Seth and Mox, Ambrose, whatever, is that is Roman's facial expressions during the whole thing? Constipated Roman. <laughs> <laughs> He's 
so overly animated of pure joy when Seth is jumping over. He's like doing the whole Jim Cornette face with the lockjaw thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's so happy. And then Mox gets involved and he's like, oh no, like face palming and like tearing his hair and going, oh, what a bad thing you've done. <laughs> it's so overly acted. It's you were so hilarious. dumb. You, you was Young Buck? <laughs> fucking Young Buck Roman here is just a joy. Like, <laughs> thank God he's a great actor now, but in 2014, he's not the complete package yet. No, Lex Luger's not there. Yeah, fucking A. Happy anniversary, Lex Luger. Wait, what? From winning the uh, WCW title. We d- we missed it last week. But today, as we record, 22 years to the day that the Millennium Countdown expired. Oh, wow. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Break the walls down, motherfucker. What a pop that was. But we certainly didn't get that here on Monday yeah, Night Raw. Best debut in wrestling ever. I didn't know that was coming. Did you know Jericho was going to be on that role? Annoyingly, I re- I found out it was Jericho before it showed on the Friday night because on the old teletext uh, or? on the old teletext, yeah. Because you know when you used nice. to look at the football stuff and they would go to like the advert page on the next page when you had to like dial. I, in the... I didn't know teletext existed. Oh man, it. yeah. On teletext, there were like little adverts for like the dial up for the wrestling stuff, and it would have like rumors. And then it just head on like page six after watching Tottenham manage to, I know, probably fuck something up again as always. <laughs> and then it just went and go, Jericho debuts. And that stage I was like, in Nitro? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know like Meltzer existed in, what would it be, 1998, I guess? 99, 98? What year was that debut? 98, must have been. 99, because it was the Millennium Countdown clock. Oh, of course. Duh. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, so I had absolutely no idea. I was really, really innocent. Now you, now you go back and watch that clip and you can hear the crowd chanting for Jericho. Obviously, I watched WCW as well. So I knew who he was. But, oh, man, like when he actually came through and saw that, that Jericho word pop up on the Titantron, I was like, oh, biggest pop I've ever had in my life, I think. One of the things I like the most as well is like there must be a plant somewhere because, yes, people were chanting Jericho. But how the fuck did WWE camera crew at the time suddenly go, Hang on, how have they found that sign in the crowd that says Jericho? So quickly, have <laughs> all the signs during the Attitude Era. But you know what yeah. isn't the Attitude Era? Shields versus Wyatt. <laughs> the commentary team are astonishingly shit during this match. I mean, uh, they're setting a, a where... pretty low bar, aren't they? Considering where they've been so far. This is yeah. probably their worst outing so far. Oh, absolutely. This is few and far between where they're like even reasonable in this match they are fucking dreadful they do not shut up at all they do not tell the story of the match like they, they flat out fucking lie to you as well like <laughs> just bullshitting themselves there's a bit where seth falls onto his knees from a top rope throw by harper and jbl goes he landed right on his feet <laughs> like nah you fucking didn't the cameras are showing this you realize that right no his other feet you know the ones attached to his knees yeah, it's fucking stupid. Cole goes, I don't know if you noticed, guys, but the Wyatts have taken over in this match. And I'm like, you're not the only cunt watching, Michael Cole. <laughs> what do you think's going on here? It's like a podcast that is just audible. We're not watching the match. It's been 10 minutes, Michael Cole. I have an enjo- enjoyable JBL story, though, because there was um, 
like some of the worst WWE merch, de- merch ever released. And there was an APA t-shirt that basically was mm-hmm. like Bradshaw and Frugan said, pounding asses all night long. I know the one. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. Beautiful t-shirt. Love it. Was that around this time? Yeah. Well, oh, no, sorry. No, this would have been 19. This would have been Attitude Era stuff because they're pounding asses and they're allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Ambrose gets beat up for a bit. Uh, Dino goes for the tag and Seth jumps down off the apron and starts to walk away. Dissension, 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 Tax Williams. What, dissension? <laughs> Not even gonna. <laughs> nah. Can't believe he just got tired of being the glue of the shield. Hits the bricks, leaves yeah. the teammates to fend for themselves in the outnumbered to the Wyatts. Seeing this happen with Roman trying to talk Seth down, but Rollins just fucks off anyway. He does just go stand on the ramp and watch what's about to happen. What's you might what? think they'd see his heel turn coming, Tax. <laughs> you know? I mean, in fairness to the WWE, they planted this seed really fucking early in error. It, it's a bit telegraphed, no? A bit too obvious, maybe? Yeah, but Rich, this is like the start of March 2014. Rollins doesn't turn the shield till, what, at least f- seven, eight weeks from now. <laughs> it's, it's not a great deal of time, Dax. Mate, the, the, Two um, the amount of storyline <laughs> build that I've been watching on 1992 WWF Superstars has been so good. It's awesome, isn't it? That time period where they've got a year or two to tell the story. It's fucking amazing. The, the debut of Nails that has been teased over oh, the voiceover God. for Big Boss Man, plus the debut. Fucking yeah. hell. I've been having, like, after we watch this, after we've recorded this, I'm, gonna, I'm now in, like, May 1992, and I'm watching, like, an episode a night. And I tell you what, outside of AEW, I've never enjoyed the nostalgic, warm, fuzzy feeling I have of watching Papa Shungo put a curse on The Undertaker. We're, about, yeah. we're about to get Sergeant Slaughter versus the Mountie. Oh, I'm the Mountie. <laughs> okay, I'll already do that. And, uh, and, and the blah, event blah, blah, center, blah. the event center with Sean Mooney every time crushes promos. In, the <laughs> I mean, they've they've got crushing like this, like hey, bra, cru- <laughs> like like vehicle crushing yard, and then basically like. He's like, when I want to, when I want to relax, I come here and do this, and they keep on having like look bra. over his shoulder. No, he doesn't even say that though. He's not like he Hawaiian say bra. crush. <laughs> I don't do. Oh, okay. It's not Hawaiian crush. He's still crush in his like high vis outfit, but he keeps on like looking over his uh, his shoulder as he's crushing this card, going, "Huh, eh? crushing the car." And then the next promo he's had, he's like, "Some people ask me what I like to have for a breakfast," and he stacks over to three crushed cars and goes, "I like a short stack." And that's it. That's the promo. And then Sean Mooney then cuts away, looks away from the camera and then back at it and goes, well, I mean, pretty sure that Crush is going to be eating up the competition in the WWF. Jesus. <laughs> Love the it. The literalness of the 992 WWF. Oh, it's just okay. so funny. So uh, back to this match. Basically, we've got Roman and Mox fighting off all the Wyatts. Blah, 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 blah. Sister Abigail to Mox. One, two, three. The winners are and Cole expresses Again, the Wyatt family. <laughs> Fucking dog shit commentary. Hi, James. Seth looks unfrustrated from the entrance ramp. Cole goes, Dissension. 
It's like, yeah, no shit, Cole. Thanks, mate. Ah, not quite the pay-per-view match, was it? Every time they kept on shouting out dissension, all I just saw was like terrible Nitro or WCW 1998 video package graphics. with The bad voiceover yeah. going, dissension. And they're just cutting to miscommunications. And then it goes, dissension. <laughs> and then again, it goes, dissension. And that's it. That's all I kept thinking during this match. I also kept thinking, can I have another slice of honey toast? <laughs> Is this also the match where Cole goes on about Armageddon again? Because he says it in the intro as well. He goes, tonight is Armageddon. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> it's a pay-per-view, Michael Cole. And I swear it's this match where he goes, see, I told you it was Armageddon. I'm like, it's fucking not. Uh, he is the shit. Oh, this is so bad. So Renee backstage with Gracie fighter hoodie wearing Batista. Uh, Batista cuts an uber heel promo, finally, like just full heel. Not this, oh, if they boo me, I'll boo them. And if they're nice to me, I'll be nice to them. The louder you cheer, the better the wrestlers will perform. (laughs) (laughs) He just full heels out on Dragon. He calls him like the stupidest thing he's ever seen. The yes movement's the dumbest thing he's ever seen in wrestling. He's not big enough to be a star, etc, etc. And the crowd uh, chant for CM Punk tax. Who? (laughs) Exactly. Network 999, pay-per-view, live network, network WWE, pay-per-view, WWE, live network. Available on nearly every mobile device. (laughs) Those with Windows phones are fucked. (laughs) Yeah, apparently so. I love the phrasing of it, just halfway through the promo. Just like, available on nearly every mobile device to try and cover it up, just with a quick, you know. Ah, it's well funny. WWE WrestleMania video package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's celebrate. It's the shittest music. Any WrestleMania, maybe? Cause yeah, especially considering yeah, they're in New yeah, Orleans where they could have had much better music for that. Yeah. Could have had some funky jazz rock things or some rap or something, you know? Well, I yeah. also don't understand what happened to this year's, this music. Was Pitbull unavailable? Didn't he do the SummerSlam music this year? Who knows? Pitbull's always That's in WWE. Yeah. Bit shit, any. WrestleMania is 34 days away. We're getting closer. Not do, too you know what, shift, do you know what's even closer, though? Less what? than one week away, Rich, from the Night of Night, the showcase of the Immortals. Triple Mania this weekend. Oh, is it this weekend? Awesome. So yeah. next, weekend, next week we're doing Triple Mania. Yeah, of course we're fucking doing Triple Mania next we, weekend. We, we don't have to watch Raw. Come on, let's I know, go. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, looking forward to that. That'll be a nice break from this bollocks we've been watching recently. <sighs> Storytelling we fair. can't understand with Spanish commentators. A main event is going to be <laughs> so good, though. I'm so Fuck good. Yeah. I can't wait. Andrade Omega. Are you kidding me? It's going to be fucking killer. Wait, hang on. You know they're not going to let that main event, like Pagano, be in the main event against like some dickhead from a dumpster, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he's doing a death match, isn't he? Oh, of course he is. I wonder if Hugo Savinovic is going to get the shit hit out of a guitar of him by Cheeseman again. I don't know. Um, do we know if there's going to be fans this year? Oh, I don't know, actually. I don't think there is. Let me... I saw count- the trailer on Twitter and I didn't see any fans in any of the footage. I was a bit like, oh, it's just not quite the same without the fans. Did you see the Triple Mania show where they did it out in an outdoor ring and it started like monsooning down on Yeah, them? Yeah, I saw. It looks amazing. <laughs> Wrestlers slipping over. It is the best. 
Right. Like, so- when it's Okada and Suzuki, like, it's okay if it's a monsoon because that creates, like, a movie atmosphere almost. They beat the shit out of each other. It's awesome. AAA? Yeah, they kind of need a dry ring. It doesn't really work if it's raining. So, oh, hang on. The event will see the return of live ticketed fans making... Let's go. Marking one of the first times AAA, which means we're going to get the procession of the dead. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hopefully we get some burgers and flags again. That'd be great. Uh, I mean, do you, do you want to know what the uh, the match card is so far? Triple Mania? I mean, yeah, fuck Raw. <laughs> Why not? Right. We've got what I can only assume should be the main event. It's going to be Kenny Omega versus Andrade El Idolo for the uh, the AAA Mega okay, Championship. Right. Yeah, yeah. We've got champion versus champion for the uh, uh, Reina Des Reinas and the Impact Knockouts Championship between Fabio Apache and Diona Perozo. Sorry, Diona Perozo. That'll be a fucking stiff bastard match. That'll be great fun. Hey, look. It's a hair versus mask match. It's Psycho Clown event. versus Rey <laughs> oh, Scorpion. Yeah. I remember now. I was just like, our oh, awesome psychos in the Lucha de Puestas match. Who's he wrestling? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Shitty <laughs> fat sting. <laughs> hey, don't worry, though, everybody, because we saw it at Triple Mania last year. The Wait, Marvel Lucha uh, Libre uh, Edition exhibition match is back, and this time okay. it's Team Leyenda Americana. Participants to be announced versus Team Terra Papura. Participants to be announced. <laughs> nice. I realized I made a mistake. I did. I said shitty fat sting. It's not shitty fat sting. Real Scorpion is the guy who's not got any face paint or mask, isn't it? That's the one. Oh, well, just thought I'd correct myself before we got too far. But yeah, Dra- uh, Marvel. Yay. Drago. DC characters this year. <laughs> Drago versus Mamba versus our new favorite, Mr. Iguana versus to be announced. In oh, the. In the Copa Badal, uh, uh, Copa Badal Triple Mania match. So that's going to be good. This match should be fucking good. Three-way tag team match of the AAA World Tag Team Titles. Uh, the Luch Brothers, everyone's favorite Phoenix and Penta, takes on um, El Hijo de, uh, de Vikingo and Laredo Kid versus cool. Taurus and to be announced... That is going to be match of the fucking night. <laughs> I was going to say yeah, but I was like, who am I kidding? It's triple No, no, no. Uh, it's not going to be match of the night because we've got a trios match, Rich. It's Team AAA versus La Empresa. Team AAA. So this definitely won't main event, but it should because it's got Pagano, Cheeseman and Murder Clown. Let's go. Jamie's with those two idiots, but yeah. Versus Puma King, Sam Adonis, and DMT Azul. That'll probably open the show. They can't. The Pagano won't be allowed to open. I mean, I think, pretty sure you're right, the Psycho Clown will main event. They haven't confirmed. Uh, yeah, Lucha Puestas will always main event. Yeah. Definitely. Over the mega, mega Belt. So there are our seven matches. So join us next week as we mm. conti- continue the beautiful tradition of the World of Wrestling Podcast of triple mania and this one friends is triple mania 29 and it's the 35th overall triple mania that's been held since 1993 but now i've got excited i was gonna say now i've got excited it's emma well first off we've got the old age outlaws invoking their championship rematch tomorrow night on main event on the WWE Network. So, Fandingo and Summer Hay are dancing in the ring. Guess who comes down the ramp? 
for the millionth week in a fucking row. It's, uh, yeah. <clears throat> CM Punk chants. Summer Leia has Macho Man in the 90s level of tassels on her gear. She did all right. But hey, Rich, are you interested in a little factoid? Did you yeah. know? <laughs> well, did you know that previously on the Wednesday, there was an NXT special? Oh. Which was Is NXT Arrival, which was Bo Dallas against uh, Pac, which we've reviewed. But guess who was wrestling Paige for the NXT women's title in the main event? Was it Emma? It was. She didn't win because, you know, Brad Maddox was too busy spaffing over the belt. Sure. <sighs> we want Ziggler chance. Santino does a stunner for no fucking reason. The ladies tag in. Emma taps silly way with her Indian deathlock. <laughs> End this. End this now. End this. So they did. I fucking hope so. We're going to have this again next week. I guarantee it. Without a shadow of a doubt. Emma Lock to Summer A to finish. Cue the bubbles Indian and the deathlock. dancing. I'm not calling it a fucking Emma Lock. It's an Indian deathlock. Fuck her. <laughs> Fuck this match. Fuck these teams. I've never understood the whole Emma thing. Uh, she's, she's an okay wrestler in the ring. Everything else. I'm just like, nah, not for me. I enjoyed her tag with Dana Brooke when she went back to NXT. I thought that was quite a, um, quite a useful use of Emma's talents, but... Yeah, at least someone did. So <laughs> Steph does a piece to camera about the WWE Network and her wrestling memories. Tax, what are your WWE memories of 2021 so far? When I was younger, Andre touched me. <laughs> no, seriously, she, Steph goes on about how great WWE is and how when she was a girl, she got to see this and she got to meet Andre and all this stuff and she gets to share that with her daughters. So... What amazing memories in 2021 are WWE making for their young fans? Samoa Joe and a poncho at a rain-delayed WrestleMania. Yep. Like, the rain-delayed at WrestleMania is about the best thing they've done oh, in fair, fucking fairness, years so far to like, me. Bianca Bella and Sasha Banks in the main was very good as well. Yeah, that's a good moment. Like, this is a genuine question. I know I'm mocking them endlessly. But... No, so I'm, I'm going to go for that. Um, they, they didn't build any, any of that match, by the way, just, just to remind everyone. That there nope. was no fucking build to that match. But the match itself was very, very good. Um, yeah. yeah. I would say uh, Bray's big box on the second night of WrestleMania was probably the best memory I have so far. Because I remember watching it and being like, because I had so much hope after the first night of WrestleMania. I was like, oh, this that was the best night I've watched in WWE in fucking ages. And then they brought out Bay Bray in this giant box and they jobbed him to Orton in a fucking 10-minute match. And I was like, oh, I remember why I fucking hate this company now. It's it's hard to see. I mean, the, it, it's, fa it's facts now for me. It hurts me. I love my early 90s WWE. I love the Attitude Era. The more I watch it, the more I think, ooh, maybe it wasn't that good. And I've enjoyed yeah. Dragon and I enjoyed Punk's run in WWE. Outside of that, WWE is now a parody. I watch AAA because it's funny. WWE is getting to the point where it's of the same level of ridiculous as AAA, but it's taking itself too seriously. Yeah. And there's no murder. What do you think about, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs a murder clown. What do you think about fans this week on the older social medias blaming Gargano and Champa for the downfall of NXT? I haven't actually seen any of this, okay. but I I would say that I attribute most blame to Johnny Gargano for anything that fails in NXT. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my thing. Is like, how dare you blame Champa? <clears throat> yeah, his match when we were at Progress at the ballroom with oh. Zach. The two out of three killer. falls. Absolute killer. What a wrestler. And that's the thing, right? Champa and Gargano, in fairness, have probably had the most intertwined, well-thought-of storyline in NXT history until they ruined it during the pandemic where they had like that empty arena cine- faux cinematic match at NXT and then it was a waste of time. The DIY tag, the whole story building up to the Champa turn to become like going back to like Blackheart or the the WWE version of Psycho Killer. I think that's been very good for WWE to actually have independent style wrestling on the mainstream. I don't think they are responsible for the downfall of NXT. I think the responsibility of the downfall of NXT was switching it to Wednesday night thinking you'd be better off. Yeah, definitely. Because I would have kept watching both, but you know, I've got to the point where I just don't care about NXT anymore. So definitely that's the case for me. Um, I think the problem with Gargano and Champa is that Gargano is the antithesis of everything I don't like about wrestling. Um, and as in modern wrestling, the modern style of wrestling, I guess you could say. Um, and uh, yeah, I think when they tried to make Gargano the heel um, and still continue the feud, I think that's when I was like, Nah, guys, like, I could put up with the last few matches. Not my favorite stuff at all, but, yeah. When you're just playing ball and just switching everyone's characters for no fucking reason, it just, uh, it just didn't work for me. But And the problem is, they've got... When they bought up the indies, like, six, seven years ago, and they started then having a few of these bigger talents who could then come in and actually make an impact in NXT... If you think of all the recent big name signings, like you'd have a takeover, you'd have like another top indie star just sat in the crowd and people are like, fucking hell, that's incredible. But there's no one left. There's no one left to bring <laughs> in who, yeah. who they could do. I mean, I'd go out on a limb, and I know this will probably not be a popular one, but out of all the people they could sign from the inverted commas independence would be Moose. Yeah, maybe. But he wouldn't move the needle enough for people to go, holy shit, holy shit. I would say, like, the British team, maybe like a Cara Noir or something could be important for British wrestling, but he needs more time to establish his work, I guess. Maybe not the character, because I think the character's so amazing. Maybe like Spike Gervais or something, but that's about as good as we've got at the moment. Yeah, I mean, times. Dan Maloney, good fun. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot good. better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really impressed in the last couple of matches we saw of him, actually. But, but what's what's oh. nice now is people like Dean Allmark in the UK starting to appear on more shows. You've got Doug yeah. back out of retirement. The fact that like Wrestle Carnival is doing has got a, they're doing like Carnival of Honor in line with Ring of Honor. So the fact there's a UK promotion oh, that's cool. budded up. Gary Ward has done a phenomenal job reaching out and building that and developing that relationship with Ring of Honor. So fair play to Gary. And they had their first show. Um, couple of weeks ago and by all looks of things it was an absolute barnstorm of a show so well done to gary and the the guys and girls at wrestle wrestle carnival yeah cross promotion is just good like we live in a world where we can definitely involve each other's promotions and such and it's one of the things i love about AEW, the way they involve all these different promotions and keep it fresh and 
you know, you can send guys across that maybe become stale in your product. Like, I'd love to see Cody go across New Japan for a little bit, have a bit of a run there, maybe go to Impact, do something there, and then come back into AEW or something like that, you know? Like, you I'd mean, love like to see when that the territories worked for wrestling? <laughs> yeah, it's, I think, I don't know if I actually messaged you this, but I think it's one of the biggest things with Vince McMahon where he made just the biggest mistake ever is that Vince did, like, I'm talking about for wrestling, not for his own profit, right? In that he bought up all the best indie guys and made the WWF and made it a huge success, et cetera, et cetera. Great, okay. But like he's kind of brainwashed us into thinking that's the only way wrestling can be done. And that you don't work with other people and the, the territory systems wasn't the best way to do it. And now that AEW have gone back to this kind of territorial NWA type system, like I think it's fucking great, man. I think the true test will be when Tony Khan either sells up or passes on or whatever happens in the future and who else takes that over and if they can keep that system running. It's like with, you know, a, a great, and this is going to sound like a weird term, like a great dictator. Like there have been very, very good dictators that have kept countries stable and consistent and everything. When they die, who takes over? What happens next? That's the problem, really, you know, with this sort of system that isn't just one company doing its own thing. The thing I think is interesting, like you mentioned there, like who takes over and the whole idea of succession planning. I'm very surprised that, I mean, Nick Khan has taken a much more front office role at WWE since he came in as CFO and and president because he's CFO and president of WWE. It's interesting to me that Nick Khan has started to come in and make these sweeping changes because I think Nick Khan is the important pivotal role of their succession planning for Vince either for the buyout so they've got someone in a top position to run that company when let's say NBC buy it in a couple of years time Um, and Vince McMahon is on his way out and I find it so interesting that again for a, a big time like New York Stock Exchange company that they've now actually started to show signs of succession planning which goes to show you one of two things. Vince is on his way out or the company's up for sale. Yeah, I th- it makes me very sad that it's not immediately Triple H and Steph that are taking over because I think, I think Triple H must be banging his head against the wall right now. Well, that's, that's the thing, though. The problem is with both tri- Stephanie potentially, but not Triple H, if you're, and this, whole goes, this goes down to, again, it being a listed company, you can't have someone without a proper business background in full charge of that company because your stock price would plummet the shareholders would not have faith in that man to make all the decisions yes on creative yes on content definitely triple h needs to be in charge and head of creative and things like that but someone with the financial and business acumen of a nick khan is who the stockholders would be like yeah we'd be okay with this if if vince died or officially walked away sold all his shares, Nick Khan is an excellent choice to run a business. Triple H is the optimum choice to run a wrestling promotion. And I'd also be interested, and I know this is going to sound a really harebrained idea I'm going to throw out there, I wouldn't be surprised if, if WWE sold, Triple H would buy NXT. And him and Sean would run their own promotion. Well, sounds a bit far fetched to me, if I'm honest, mate. Oh uh, well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened because yeah. what else are they going to do? 
they've got all the money and not to be disrespectful to Triple H and again he's probably got enough money to never have to work again but if he were if WWE to, were to sell out and they went alright well we're going to bring in our actual proper business people to run this business goodbye Paul Levesque we're going to buy Kill all your shares <laughs> yeah. what else could he do I mean I <laughs> I mean, think I of the uh, the the, uh, the doomsday for the professional wrestling. If <laughs> oh my god, he's here walking out on AW Dynamite, comes out Paul Levesque, terrorizing returns. <laughs> Let's count. Honestly, anyway, I believe if with how Nick Khan has acted since he's come to WWE, if he ends up taking over the whole company, I think the company is a a thing that I give a shit about. It's kind of done, to be honest. Well, like, I just it seems I, like such a cunt. I, but the th- this thing though, and and again. It's it's really difficult to separate the wrestling fan from the, the, the business mind that I love this sort of shit. What Nick Khan's done is trim budgets of talent who aren't being used. That'd be like, in in a modern world, and it's a terrible example, but it's the only one that have come off the top of my head. It's like saying, right, Pizza Hut, you've got 70 delivery drivers and you've got 14 pizzas to deliver this evening. Why would you have 70, to 70 delivery drivers on shift? You wouldn't, because it'd be a waste of money. You wouldn't make the money. WWE have made record profits, yes. But they can't just sit there paying like $3 million of wages for people who just sit and eat chicken. Vegan options are available. (laughs) So Nick Khan, yes, he is a cutthroat businessman who doesn't really understand the wrestling business because he's not the president or the CFO of a wrestling business. He is looking at running the business to make money for shareholders and stockholders. It is not in the spirit of being a wrestling company, which, as we've said many times, pains me to have it. And I agree with you. I think the second McMahon's go, my interest in this company, unless they're given, like, they go a blank slate and come out and go, look, imagine, like, the roar after Vince goes or after a buyout and Triple H comes out in front of a crowd roar and goes, look, we know the product's been shit for 10 years. Give me six months. I'm in charge now. Give me six months and I will give you entertaining television. I'd I'd pick my interest if they actually let him have full control, but I just can't see it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. You know what I can see, though? Another Sheamus and Christian match. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a shame for firm lobster heads. Uh, who are we kidding? No one gives a shit. Uh, CM Punk chants. It's a bit of shit, isn't it? Frog splash, uh, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Uh, winner is Sheamus. It's it's uh yeah, it's pretty solid WWE style match, but no one really cares. Crowd shit all over Christian during the match. They chant Christian's awful and boring. Uh, I don't remember people hating Christian this much. They really really hate him. They even chant end this match at one point. It's terrible. I mean, it was a shit match though, so I don't disagree with the fans. Fair. Uh, Seamus gets an interview backstage with Renee, but as expected, Christian jumps him and whacks Nelly D light into him. And I'm like, at least they've turned him fully heel rather than this tweener, which again, they had with him, Batista, a few other people. They're quite not, not quite sure what they're going to do with him almost. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a Christian and Seamus continuation of the feud words. Good, because we only had this match last week and on SmackDown interference, so... I look forward to this happening again on Smacky D and and Raw next week. Sure. It's time for your Divas match of the night. So obviously neither get entrances. 
It's the Bella Twins uh, versus Oksana, Tax's favourite Oksana, and Alicia Fox. Oksana, who's, uh, for some reason, her Twitter page has been suspended. <laughs> yeah. Did we find out why? I'm going to uh, cast absolute fictional and false information that it's probably she's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> okay. At this point in the show, the fans can't even be bothered to chant CM Punk. Uh, Brie has some super fancy kind of ruched boot cover things. I was like, these are fucking awesome. They go up to like her thigh level. They're like massive, like, I don't know how to describe them. Ruched boots, I guess. I don't know. Ruched boots cool. is, it's, I mean, in fairness, right, all af- the women have their gear on point throughout all yeah. these shows. The men need to take a fu- learn a fucking lesson. What colour are you guys wearing? Red. We'll wear blue then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The match. <laughs> match. That <laughs> goes on for a bit and the fans start to chant CM Punk eventually and then they go, we want puppies. I'm like, come on, Chicago. You're better than that. There's no need for this. We were all thinking it. Yeah. These ladies do some moves with a Z. Wait, I've Wait. got I've got the finish. Don't worry. I can call you the exact oh. move. So the final burst. I mean, let's put it. Nikki and Bree, they're in control. Bree goes up. Bree mode to drop Alicia Fox. And then Nikki hits her up for the rack attack. Backbreaker for the victory. It's like a mini shitty torture rack. Torture rack shit anyway. <laughs> I mean, let's just say it, Nikki Bella, the total wreckage. Yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, one, two, three. The winners are women everywhere when they end this shitty Divas division because it's fucking terrible. Terrible. I can say words. But two Dragon females, on the, two female, technically two female matches on the card, a mixed tag and a, 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 a ladies tag match. So getting better. <laughs> match yeah good one good joke a dragon walks backstage ww 2001 uh there's an ad for sirens here which i'm sure was very successful did you uh did you investigate sirens the tv series it, it was very successful it was successful at being cancelled after three seasons and 36 episodes <laughs> And here's the hero of our story. Chicago goes fucking mental for the American dragon, Brian fucking Danielson. Very happy we can call him that now. Uh, this is really an AEW preview <laughs> podcast at this can point. Can you imagine oh. if he comes into AEW and calls himself Daniel Bella? Oh, Daniel <laughs> anything. It would be <laughs> anything apart from the American dragon, Brian. He can, he can drop the American dragon. I get that. <laughs> but he has to be Brian Danielson. Absolutely. Has to be. The American dragon. Daniel Bella. <laughs> that would make me a sad boy. Um, so, yes chants. Lots and lots of yes chants. Shit tons of them. Dragon cuts uh, we're going to hijack Raw promo. And a CM Punk chant breaks out, which corpses Dragon. So they had to throw one in somewhere, didn't they? Chicago, you know. They were very respectful and uh, responsive to, to, to Danielson up to this point, though, which was really, really nice. And yeah. But we've had the first carrot dangled, Rich. We're going to hijack Raw and not leave this ring until we get what we want. Give me what I want! And uh, so I was like, ooh, we're getting it, there. It's, it's interesting in the the shows we've watched over the last however many episodes, I think this is number nine now we're doing, there's definitely been 
this air of whenever like a Seamus and Orton and Batista are Christian. Who else can we add to that list that's has kind of really mediocre matches in these shows? Santino, Fandango. Santino, Outlaws, Usos, Usos. Everyone. When any when any of those guys wrestle, the fans start to hijack the show. They chant for Randy Savage, they chant for Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole, JBL, whoever the fuck isn't the people in the ring, basically. And it it's a it's a reaction to being bored, to being tedious, to whatever. To, to resenting what they're having to pay to watch you know and so this idea of at this point at least because i know they develop it and everything but oh yeah we're gonna come out and hijack the show is this vince kind of taking what the fans are doing and kind of mocking them a bit or is this him being very clever and taking what the fans are doing and attaching it to this baby face that he now thinks is going to be pushed into that kind of main event scene what do you think? I want to say a mixture. I think this is, after we've seen them like cool Dragon Down over the last couple of weeks, this is the time where they're starting to heat him up, which is good for WWE because, you know, they can only really do like four weeks of compelling television to get people yeah, it interested. Like that, doesn't it? But yeah. we've set up the challenge to Triple H that he's not accepted. He's not accepted our challenge. Dragon's now doing everything to get in that main event against Triple H. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I'm wondering now if this is Vince going, right, let's see. We'll do something over the next two weeks. And if he gets super hot, let's chuck him in the main. And we'll also monitor what happens with Orton and, and Big Dave going into this. Because at this stage, if I'm Vince, I'm looking at my main main event and thinking, I'm in... I'm not in Mania, I'm not in Chicago for Mania, but I'm in New Orleans where, again, I'm going to have a very raucous international crowd. Here in Chicago, I have my top babyface, and at only one point thus far that he's done his promo, they've chanted CM Punk, and that's only when he stopped talking. Do I need to salvage my, my WrestleMania to not have it taken over by these fans? And I think this is the point where, if it wasn't planned, this is now where Vince is going, fuck, I need to save Mania 30. And here's the man who can do it. Yeah, sure. It does feel like this is the first show where Batista is full heel. Like he kind of suggested it here and there over the last few weeks. But then it does still feel like they're pushing Dragon towards Triple H um, because this segment is Dragon isn't going to leave the ring until Batista or Triple H come down for a fight, basically. Here comes Stephanie McMahon and terrorizing himself. Take another <laughs> shot spelling terrorizing. T E R R A R Y Z I N G. Hey, let's go. Good. Well played. So, Stephen Trips get to the ring. <clears throat> CM Punk chants. Steph tries to talk, but Chicago completely drowns her out with booze. It's it's genuinely impressive how fucking loud this crowd are. Also, nice bit of respect for Stephanie. They didn't drown her out with CM Punk chants. They just booed her, which was much nicer. Because Steph is really fucking good. Yeah. She's been amazing every single week. Her promo is on point. Man. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. Since we did the, the, the Ministry series, um, everything that Stephanie's done on the microphone has been on fire. It's been great. People, I think, got bored of having Steph as like the main heel at the beginning of every single Raw every week for a certain period of time with Triple H obviously 
but judging by this series and everything we've done with Steph, I think she might be as good as her dad. Like we've had this conversation before, but man, she's so impressive. I just I can't get over it. I, I didn't expect it to be this good. Yeah, outst- outstanding, and plays and adds to the want. Because like with Triple H, you'd be like, oh fucking hell, not another person going to get buried by Triple H. But with Steph's mm. interaction with with Danielson, it's so nice because it's she's literally using her promo to get him over with the hatred yeah. for her. And I know a lot of this, the concept is, well, where's the payoff? Because they can't have a match. It doesn't need to if you're getting the fans behind them and it's making the babyface clear the obstacles. And Stephanie yeah. is a master at doing that. It feels here like when Steph is talking that she's working towards the story. She's working to get Dragon the the, the face pops and give herself the big booze, the heel heat. It feels like when Triple H is talking that he's kind of semi-shooting and being like, well, fuck you for getting yourself over. Yeah, definitely. He's not going on on script because you sometimes see the coy little looks between him and Steph. Yeah. It's like Steph is putting up with his shit, you know? Yeah, in the hope that, you know, fucking hell, Paul, I'm going to go to SmackDown. You just go <laughs> home, yeah? Just go home. It's my dad's business you're ruining. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like that at times, this story. Anyway, Dragon tr- challenges Triple H again. The fans respond with a no chant because they obviously want Dragon in this main event. They don't want him wrestling Triple H. Triple H cuts the promo that pretty much goes, nah, it's your fault you're not in the main event, not the booking. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? What are you talking about, mate? This is not storytelling. This is just you being a dick. Good promo, though. Again, not as good as Steph's, what, but... Triple H? Oh, I don't know. I don't think it was very good. It goes on for fucking ages. That's because it's only going gets business good. for himself. It only gets good when he calls Dragon a B-plus player, because that is a really good insult. And it gives, like, you know, a real focal point of the story. Take a B plus. Is this the first time they call him a B plus player? No, they've been doing it for ages. Like, even back oh, to yeah. the SummerSlam thing when he got the awesome cash in money in the bank on him, I think. Oh, less good then if it's a repeated line. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, it's definitively CM Punk's crowd, but Danielson is just the best promo guy, has them at their f- absolute fingertips. He's a killer face promo. We know he can do a killer heel promo as well. Um, but the, honestly, the the logic of Dragon's script and his talking points here, it's it's not really that logical, but his conviction of the lines really sells it for me. His his line when he was like, Well, maybe you can wear maybe you can give your trunks to Stephanie and she can give you her skirt, and maybe I can wrestle Stephanie at WrestleMania. And then yeah. Triple H degrading his wife i still think there's a 90 percent chance she'd kick your ass not 100 (laughs) percent. you've got 10 percent of doubt sure sure yeah yeah that was was quite a good line actually um a bit of bit bit weird but (laughs) it worked it's fine so blah 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 blah. they argue about who owns the ring it's i guess very strange here triple h says uh, get out me ring mate the dragon goes, make me. <laughs> so here comes Kane. I love the way that when Dragon's like, make me and gets in Triple H's face, Steph just goes, Kane! <laughs> <laughs> to the mic. <laughs> so funny. 
so Dragon briefly beats the, beats the fuck out of Kane as the crowd chants CM Punk. Uh, security sends Dragon on his way and Dragon stands on the ramp as the crowd go, Daniel Bryan! Clap, 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 clap. Not just doing the yes chance. They are, even in this frame of mind where all they want to do is chant CM Punk, they are completely invested in the hero of our story here. So, this is his best promo of the series so far. This is the hottest the crowd has... No, well, I don't agree with you on that one. Facing up with Stephanie, having, as in like the, the whole package of the Stephanie and Daniel Bryan interaction, this is the best they've had. The Chicago crowd have really helped. I know there were a couple of CM Punk chants throughout it. But at this stage, this promo has given the reason. You know, up to this point, you can tell... Like he's been like, oh, I'll go for, I'll jump through your hoops. I'll do this, this, this. And now Dragon's doing this, going, no, fuck you, fuck you. I'm gonna do it my way, my way or the highway. Um, Fred Durst looks good now, doesn't he? Hey, <laughs> get to your point. Come on. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I just think this was. I thought it was really good so far. I mean, if you look at the promo he's yeah. done so well out of, out in this series so far. I don't think anything has been as memorable for me as this. Again, just my, my personal feeling. Do you, do you think he's had a better promo? And if so, can you remember what it was about? Um, In terms of individual promos, I think the bits like backstage were more effective where he comes up to Stefan Tripp as they get out of the car and you know, shouts his stuff at them. My biggest problem with this segment was not necessarily that this was the best or the worst promo individually. It's the fact that it takes 22 fucking minutes of these two just going back and forth. It takes forever to get to the point. I think you could have done this in five minutes, hit some points much more effectively, and like you know, let the crowd do their part as well, and just just get to the point a bit faster. Like this is a three-hour show, and I know they've got to fill the space and stuff, but twenty-two minutes for a back and forth feels. This is twenty-two minutes of talking. Just to clarify, the the bit afterwards is extension or whatever. I don't know. It it felt kind of boring to me at times. Oh, interesting, but I also because of the tantalising part of the storyline that it's the first mention of hijacking Raw that we know in the yeah. next few weeks we're going to get something very special. Yeah, I'm hoping that's as fun as I remember because I remember that being really really good at the times. And you know, it's it's Trips is definitely shooting a little bit in his side of the promo where he's ripping on Dragon and saying how much he owns the ring and everything else. Yeah, he's not happy. Um, no, nah, he's not a happy boy here because I think he's maybe now come to the realization that he's not going to get his match at Mania, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I think I think Triple H is fucked off because he has to work a match at Mania now. <laughs> maybe <laughs> could be. Yeah, sure. Anyway, network nine ninety nine. Network, network, network. Uh, Pre-show panel time. Josh Matthews, Booker T, Hacksaw, and Alex Riley. What the fuck is he doing here? Say it to my face. <laughs> they chat some shit. That was a great entrance theme for Alex Riley. Yeah, true. They chat some shit for a bit. Uh, they must go over here because Bertie's music's playing in the background, and Matthews has to cut the guys off and be like, "Let's go back to ringside." <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, and and as you said. Bertie's music's already started. Mexico's greatest export has uh, shown up. Hooray. Yeah, already in the ring. He doesn't even do his car entrance. Was he doing the car entrance in 2014? I don't think he was at this stage. Okay. I think he did it when he debuted. But, of course, he couldn't have done his car entrance tonight, Rich, because yeah, exactly. someone else had a vehicle. 
So we hear the engine noise off camera, which is that's quite a nice idea. Oh, um, diesel's oh. here. So an ugly era Ford Mustang comes out. It's a fucking blah. Um, and I was like, isn't this Bertie's gimmick? But no, uh, Bertie knows all about stealing gimmicks anyway. So yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Jesse Pinkman and Ziggler are here in the Mustang. The match is Bertie River versus Dolph Ziggler. Jesse, Aaron Paul, is on commentary, promoting his need for speed movies. I'm sure it's like all those great other video game movies. <laughs> well played. Yes, yes, indeed. See, told you I'd lie. But also, <laughs> let's be honest, we've got a celebrity guest host, so we already know who's going over. Yeah. Jesse stands on the commentary desk. Can he do blah, that, blah, Joey? Blah. Distraction this. <laughs> Distraction that. Ziggler does a thing. One, two, three, Ziggler wins. Who cares? Move on. Yeah. We come back from the ads. They're intru- inducting, sorry, they're inducting Paul Bearer into the WWE Hall of Fame. Muchly deserved. Really nice tribute video as well and yeah, hey really Bridge, well put together where can you watch the 2014 hall of fame network WWE 999 uh we cut back to the ring jack swagger and big e are facing off i am confused <laughs> so's the booking <laughs> yeah so this is a follow-on from the big e cesaro stuff we had earlier where jack swagger jumps in and you know hits big e and cesaro gets annoyed because he got the dq and stuff so Jack Swagger, with Seb Coulter, casual racist, and Cesaro, uh, are standing... Sorry, it's Jack Swagger's in the ring, facing off with Big E. The bell rings. Cesaro jumps in, gives Big E his fall-over style slash thing. DQ, two-second match. Big E wins, I guess. Yep, he's got a double victory after um, being hit with a gotcha neutralizer. Yeah. Now this is where it gets even more confusing. Because as far as I'm aware, the real Americans gimmick is that they're racist, they don't like immigrants, right? Very true. Okay, good stuff. So, Cesaro and Swagger kind of shove each other a little bit, leading to Cesaro double-legging Swagger into the giant swing position. And Seb on the mic goes, Hey, stop, Cesaro! Stop, stop, stop! Be a real American! help up your brother and i'm and like shoot him with a gun <laughs> seb does not understand how racism works anymore does he it's a bit weird you don't help people it's not how this works but they're brothers they're brothers rich the fuck is he going on about <laughs> i thought the gimmick was gonna be no no you're actually brothers like undertaker and kane or something hug it out hug it out <laughs> it's your long lost swiss brother jack Do you think they this were trying to do like another team hell no here? I have no fucking clue what this was. It's so straight. This story, I thought, was going somewhere at least two or three times this this uh, run. And every time they've got to where I think they're going to go, next week they go, no, no, remember that thing we did last week? Well, forget about that. Here's something different slightly. And then we've gone back to what we were doing. And I'm like, guys, 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 do it or don't do it. Just, just shit off the po- shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? I'm just going to pitch it here that at this stage, someone in creative was going, okay, guys, this is it. We're going to get them to be brothers, and then we're going to have it to be <laughs> WWE's first gay kiss. Let's do it. Oh, that would be great. Gay incest in WWE. I'm totally into it. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the wacky so's Vince. world. Of... 
Oh, Cesaro, you're so big and strong. Basically, it'd be like our, our beautiful friend Kevin nah. Green and and, and Vince Mongo. doesn't like gays. <laughs> but just imagine that you've got to penetrate Cesaro. You've got to penetrate. Wait just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll grind your so, coffee beans, Cesaro. <laughs> oh, fuck me. That's what he said. Uh, so Cesaro helps Swagger up and they uh, stand around for a bit. Zeb asks them to be real Americans and have a hug, so they give each other a slappy cuddle, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching, Dax? The wonderfulest, most essential gay porn movie you've ever seen. It does get a bit essential towards the end <laughs> of this segment. <laughs> As he rubs massage and all over Swagger and goes, I am a real American. <laughs> The lights drop, it goes purple. A bed gets wheeled what goes, out to the hang ringside. On, wait a second, what goes purple? <laughs> the one-headed monster, obviously. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. See what I did there? See what I did there? I did a transition. I did, I did, I did. That was great. It was just, oh, what a logical raw segment. It's great. Yabadoo! <laughs> His name is John Cena! This crowd are fucking hilarious. I've I've I mean, I've heard Cena get booed a bunch. Not quite like this. I mean, in fairness, he was booed quite badly at Money in the Bank. <laughs> Chicago doesn't yeah, like John same, Cena. Same building, by the way, just to point that out. Yeah, so, you know, at least they're consistent. <laughs> they are very fucking consistent. <laughs> So Cena, selling his injury from the Wyatts, limps this out, <laughs> limps out with his owie leg, looking all sympathetic. And the crowd are like, "Fuck you, cunt!" Boo! <laughs> it's so funny. Marine level acting and selling by John Cena. Oh, it's great, man. Throughout this whole show, I could not have been more bored. The last segment had me furious because I was just like, "What the fuck are they doing with Big E?" Firstly. But then Cena coming out and getting this treatment from this Chicago crowd. Oh, it's the best thing all night. It's fucking outstanding, mate. But he was here to acknowledge the injury. And he's still got it. Buck. <laughs> but they sent this him the, to the in the bit, you know, hold on, the bit okay. where go ahead, go on, go the on. bit where Cena goes, last week I was injured by the Wyatt family. Boo! <laughs> Because of this tonight, I will not be having a match. Yes! 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 So funny. Oh, dear. And Cena reminds him, that, you know, reminded the Wyatts at this stage of this promo, which we've heard many times before and many times since. If you want to go, if you want to be the future of WWE, you've got to go through him. Boo! <laughs> but hang on a minute. Remember, AJ Lee. Bray Wyatt wasn't going to let this moment pass. And the Eater of Worlds appeared on the t- big the Geratron 12,000 to issue a haunting warning. See, I've written some attempted faux stuff here. And he likened um, and he likened John Cena to a prized but aging stallion. How long do you think you can fend us off? Wyatt asked, vowing to put Cena down. Yeah, it's he cuts the same fucking promo he cuts every single fucking time, to be totally honest. It's, it's all right. I like the creepy stuff. I get it. But it's like, mate, I don't care. Just but down or do something or something. who um, else recently used a aged stallion reference promo? Uh-huh. Malachi Black about Cody Rhodes. Oh, did he? That's pretty cool. 
copycat Scotty. me. No, <laughs> okay. I, I, no, I was just saying that you were like, oh, he's cutting the same promo he always, he always does. And it's like, hmm. oh, well, other people are now taking the said copied promo and replicating it. Fucking um, great knockout kick, though, wasn't it? It's just one part of the promo I think we're talking about. But yes, that, that Black Mass is incredible. It's The thing with Bray, right, is that I like the creepy character. I think the the way he develops it and everything over the years is outstanding. During, during this time in 2014, in their little cupboardy thing where there's just it's just dark and the two lads standing behind him, the imagery is great. I like the way Bray talks. I like his tone. I like everything. But it's 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 so just the same thing. It's like if you took one Jake Roberts promo and just did it over and over and over and over and over again. The reason Jake Roberts is great to me is his promos change. Sometimes they're short, sometimes they're fast, sometimes they're interesting. It's always the same two, three minutes. It's always the same... Like he has the same phrasing endlessly. He takes a pause, he turns to the side. It's always the same, you know what I mean? And since he got to Firefly Funhouse Fiend Bray, you can see the, the depth of ability he has to cut a promo. It's like that era of Bray I'm a huge fan of. 2014, it feels very scripted. It feels very just like, oh, the Firefly demons of the I'm going to society, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's not getting to the point enough for me. If you were, it's, it's not terrible. I don't want to point that out. It's just not for me. If you were Bray Wyatt right now, so obviously you're on your 90-day no-compete, so you've got sort of sure. three months out. Mm-hmm. Would you considering what we anticipate to happen in AEW, would you just sit out for a year? 100%. Because there's no point in him coming in anywhere and doing anything instantly. I'd like to think that he's got money. He can spend time making sure he's healthy. He can spend time with his wife or partner. I can't remember him and Jojo are married. And not not, not that it matters. Spend time with his, his children. 12 months away from wrestling because you know he's worked his ass off of that character and lived that gimmick i think that's done really really well as you said from a creator standpoint but the best thing for bray the bray wyatt character or the you know the performer behind bray wyatt is just to go away for 12 months 100%. have a refresh come back and when it's be a massive surprise and It'd be ideal, and then also, then you've then you've had twelve months of the fallout of the massive signings in WW in AEW, and also there's not saying he's not saying that WWE have negotiated this release. No one's no one knows if Bray's gone. I'd like to leave. I'm not feeling great. I just need to be at home. And WWE have gone absolutely, of course. Because here's the thing, right, with Bray Wyatt and. Obviously, there was a lot of online speculation about mental health, which is not something to be, you know, even really commented on because it's 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 for their own personal needs. And if it is something to do with mental health, you know, it's great that he's taking time, hopefully, to get away with from things. I do wonder, like WWE got such a huge backlash for the why have you released him? It could purely be a case that he's turned up and gone. You know what, guys? I just can't do this at the moment. And Vince has gone, absolutely. No problem at all. We'll release you from your contract. Uh, you've, you've got to have the 90 days because that's the rules of the contract you signed. If you need anything, reach out. Yeah, maybe. I think um, I think fans are more furious at the awful booking he's had over the years. Um, you know, you look at every time he got himself over, they fucked him. It's pretty much what it boils down to. So I think you combine that with the just sudden announcement that he's fucking leaving or been fired or whatever the fuck happened. I think it's the combination of things, you know. I, I've 
if he's just leaving, he's going to come back to WWE. I think that's a terrible decision on his part. Um, because I think WWE are fucking awful for him, if I'm totally honest. Um, for me, I would go to AW. Um, Sting 1998, simplest way I can put it. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine, like, genuinely, like, he has a year out and then Bray has a year in the rafters every yeah, Dynamite exactly. show. So yeah. that's two creepy, years creepy without him in the ring. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd bring him back as, like, have you seen him do, like, morning news in America? Who? Sting? <laughs> no, no, Bray. No. So there's these clips of Bray kind of promoting, um, like, Hell in a Cell pay-per-views and such. Uh, doing the morning news or doing the weather and he's basically he's being firefly funhouse positive kids tv show bray but then he has moments of like pure insanity and creepiness like just improving bray is so much better than scripted bray and i would start to bring him back as that sort of development you know what i mean i think you could get rid of the fiend entirely and just have him be bray wyatt and let him fucking talk and <laughs> he would be so fucking good but what you'd but, end up with would be Waylon mercy uh name is the bell can't think um so creepy creepy like normal but then psychotic character um in um early days of monday night raw good or bad thing what do you think oh he was diabolical but (laughs) that's what i was thinking yeah it sounds like you want you thought that would be a bad idea i just this is the problem like with with Bray Wyatt, he's so synonymous with that name. And I was going to mention it earlier because obviously we're going to get onto our our um our last match of the segment of the show. How weird. I mean, because we've been so used to calling him Bray Wyatt. So that that'll be a, a big culture shock to adapt to. Obviously, I think people will will go with it. But leading into what we're about to talk to you next, how weird is it going to be to continue referring to him once again as Brian Danielson? How are those AEW fans, I'd like to assume, going to react to that? Do you think when he appears, they're going to chant Daniel Bryan? Because it's just force of Fuck habit. no. It's going to be Danielson. I guarantee. Well, no, they're not. I'm talking about the fact. I mean, they're going to chant yes. That, that'll be what they'll chant when he turns up. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's because it's my era of But it's always been. Exactly. Stage. For you, it's always been. I think an AEW crowd, it will be the same. But I'd just be interested because, you know, we've been so ingrained to have daniel bryan for what the best part of 10 years yeah just i uh, just thought i throw it out there before you uh cut to our our oh okay sorry <laughs> uh, i was coming to that uh well we've got the whole lana bit and we've got a few other bits do you want to go through them or just want to do the main event let's just do the main event <laughs> <laughs> all right um Lana's here so, with Rusev. Rusev stands on a podium like he's won an Olympic medal. Rusev crush. <laughs> sure. Uh, Randy Orton is out to stand at ringside for your main event of the evening. Uh, it's Daniel Bryan versus Batista. They do some wrestling. Uh, Randy Orton looks on acting from ringside. It's pretty dreadful. <laughs> acting. Marine 2 level acting. Yes. Yeah, really not, not very good. Uh, crowd hate Batista. They love Dragon. They vocalize it a lot in this match. Which is good. In uh, all seriousness, like for a main event on Raw, you've got a, a very clear heel face dynamic where the fans are actually buying into it. Yes, they're not booing Batista because he's a baddie to be booed, they're booing because they hate him. But from the out from a from a viewer's perspective, there's definitely a clear heel and face dynamic. <laughs> yeah, the problem is it's Batista. He's uh pretty boring, I would say. But he's got a Gracie hoodie. 
Yeah. Grey and orange pants as well. Uh, so Steph, Triple H and Boring Kane head to the ring, stand around for a bit. Batista throws Dragon into Randy Orton at ringside. It's quite a nice little moment. Uh, Randy's not doing commentary, by the way. He's just sitting there next to commentary. Um, I'm not sure we'd want him to do commentary, if I'm honest, but, you know, strange. Uh, Randy Orton jumps in the ring. Dex Dragon for the DQ finish, because it's WWE. Of course he did. Schmozzy, McSchmozzy, schmozzy. Dragon Bombay to Randy Orton. Triple H talks shit to Dragon. So Dragon kicks him in the face. I love that. Laying on his back, kicking Triple H in the beautiful, face. That was a great moment. Beautiful image. Triple H shouting him on the microphone, and then he just kicks him. And Triple H's cell was actually really good. It's like cl- yeah. crumbled sideways. Really good. Yeah, give him his due. I've always liked Triple H in the ring. Always thought he was very, very talented. Um, his cells are one of the best ever. Like you used to watch some of the stuff where he's like selling his nose or his jaw or something. Like it's it's very very good. Uh, Batista bombed to Dragon and Triple H cells going round. Fucking dickhead! <laughs> kicked him. Uh, Triple H gets serious, whips off the jacket and tie. One pedigree later, Steph, Triple H, and Kane stand over CM Punk. Steph goes, yes, yes. There's the crowd go, CM Punk, CM Punk. Yeah, it is good. I did enjoy like Triple H shouting down at him as well like, after after the um the pedigree where he shouted down and said, I'm tired of your fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Is it Brienne Nicole? Nice lines. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's oh, I fucking hated this episode of Raw, I'm gonna be honest. But the two pro the two good positives of this show, and again to try and not be overly negative of this because it was a shit show. Sure. The Heyman promo at the beginning, really good fun, sh- trolling the crowd. In my mind, I I enjoyed it. I spent like the 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 wrestling fans who suddenly think CM Punk is going to suddenly appear and then look shocked and fucked off that it's Paul Heyman. Love that very much. Dragon's promo and Steph together. I thought that was very very nice. And again, the end of the night, we've actually got a bit of continual storytelling. We've got. Dragon now actually becoming a thorn in the side. They're getting a little bit physical now. So it, it's it's starting to build, albeit haphazardly, it's starting to build quite nicely. And they've the Chicago fans, if you'd watched WWE for the first time and you heard that Chicago crowd, other than going, what's a CM Chunk? You'd go, this guy with the beard's really over. He's really popular. So I think it did well for the story. Yeah, just about. It does feel like the, they've. I keep saying, wanting to say, this feels like the moment where maybe Dragon's going to the main event. But realistically, if you look at the booking, it's very much booked to go um, Dragon and Triple H. It doesn't feel like he's really feuding with Batista or Orton at this point. But there's there's moments of it. There's the bit where Batista just calls Daniel Bryan a joke and says the yes movement's the stupidest thing he's ever seen. And Batista being full heel, so maybe this is the start. Like, yeah, Orton attacking Dra- Dragon at the end. Yeah, out of frustration, almost it feels like you know. I, I don't know. It's, it's just again. It's I'm repeating myself at this point. But three hours, same stuff every week, essentially. Like it's it's nice to have a little change, but there's maybe uh, if you just take the Paul Heyman promo. And the Triple H Steph Dragon bit. That's maybe about an hour's worth of television. That, that's too much talking for me. I want to get to the point a bit more. I think I mean, this was 
a very full show. There was a lot of stuff to it. So in last week's Raw, there was there well. were there were ten segments. This week there were twelve. Thirteen, if you include Lana. Um, so sorry, thirteen, sorry, twelve in ring segments as opposed to last week where there were ten, and unsurprisingly seven on SmackDown. So obviously you work it out where all the adverts were, and nothing continued after the break this week. It was all this match is now and it finishes. There was no continuation. And to fit 12 segments in and still do fuck all is very, very worrying. Yeah. It's just not good television. Thanks to the people who went and followed us on Twitter at World of Rest Pod and voted for this. You're yeah, assholes. <laughs> the thing is that, like, when we were doing TNA, it was so bad that I thought I could be funny and rant about it and stuff it's these shows are difficult to get through and there's this even Plus, the comedy stuff isn't funny it's just there and like i like how much dutch over dragon is i like how much of a cunt the crowd was being tonight and it felt justified so i don't know don't have a problem with the crowd like t- taking over and trying to see him punk throughout the entire fucking night and you know we saw a title change in the tags, and we built a bit more to Dragon. There's like some stuff going on, but the amount of time it takes, and just compared to almost any other wrestling show ever, it's not like bad enough to be interesting or good enough to be interesting. It's just, it's a bit of a vomit of a wrestling show almost every week. It's not fun to watch. This is the problem. And yeah. like you said, at least with Impact, it was so ridiculous. Like Hogan, Bubba Ray, and Brooke Hogan, it was yeah. it was quality stuff to watch. Obviously, doing the the Nitro and going up to the formation of the NWO that was quality. But genuinely, out of the series we've done so far, I've TNA was funny. This is a whole level of shit. And I think this yeah. was also the time, genuinely, that I started to lose a little bit of interest in WWE. I mean, the three hours of Raw is difficult to consume anyway. Um, I wasn't watching SmackDown at this time, um, so I was only really watching Raw. But then, like, we're 2014. I think I'm a couple of years away from, you know, my wife being pregnant, and then 2017 when my daughter was born, and then... My time is a premium. If I'm going to spend three... If I get the opportunity ever to have three hours to sit in front of a TV, I'm not going to waste my time watching Raw. And that's yeah, that's true. sad. That's sad to me because I've been watching wrestling since I was six years old. I've watched wrestling for 31 years. And possibly even longer, actually, thinking about it, because obviously I, I remember watching Mania 6. So yeah, maybe yeah, for about thirty-one years, yes, we have thirty-seven this year. So it pains me that I can't watch this, but I am very, and it, I know this makes it sound like we're being completely like fanboys of of AEW, but it's because it gives me two hours of must-view content. I love the fact that because I can watch it, I don't need to go on. To look at spoiler, I can watch it as a fan in the morning and not have anything spoiled. I love that. And because AEW are so good at keeping secrets that they want to keep, 
It's a surprise. And I love that about wrestling. Yeah, there's not very much surprising on these WWE shows in 2014, is there? WWE hasn't had a surprise in the last decade. Whew. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe the Hardys turning up at Mania, but that was obvious they might turn up because their contracts at TNA had expired. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, the pop was good. I think Dragon going into the main event probably will be feel like a surprise to um, the fans watching this product because they're definitely... I'm, I'm convinced that they still are not absolutely certain that Dragon's going to that main event still. But he is. He's wrestling um, Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Cool. Well, know, strange man. I think um, going into this series, I had so much optimism around knowing that Dragon goes to the main event and seeing how they booked that. I assumed it would be Ascension ceremony, then three or four weeks after the Rumble, going, oh, we're not really sure, and then they would just pull the trigger. Chamber would happen. Dragon would become full underdog, and we'd just start the ball rolling. Seven weeks in, and we're what four, five weeks away from Mania now. And I really don't think the ball's rolling yet. Like, it's it's there. It's ready to go. But I've been very, very disappointed with this story so far. And every week, I've kind of come out of these pods going, hopefully next week, we'll really start the ball rolling. And I don't think it's ever going to become interesting for me at this point. Because the massive problem for me is that, yes, you've got Dragon, who's massively over. But he's, he's, he's against Triple H, Randy Orton, and Dave Batista, essentially, who... At this point, I don't give a shit about any of those guys. <laughs> it would be better if he was wrestling Steph. Yeah, the, and this is the problem we have. And, and genuinely, I feel like next week, the ball is at the top of the hill, and tomorrow, someone in creative is accidentally going to knock it, and the ball is going to yeah. start rolling in error. Um, please kick the fucking ball. <laughs> you know, please give the fucking ball a big old punt over the hedge. Let's fucking start, please. And uh, if you were going to kick a football and it knocked over a box of cornflakes, how many cornflakes would you hope would fall out to rate this show? Being very generous, I'll give this a two. This is a two for me based on three facts. The Heyman promo, the Daniel Bryan promo, and the fans. What is worrying for me is that none of this relates to in-ring wrestling content. Yeah, this is significantly closer to a one and a three. I'll put it that way. Yep. Right, so worldofwrestlingpodcast.com at World of Rest Pod are the best places to find us on your Twitter machine. Where can they find you, Mr. Tax Williams? At the Tax Williams on Facebook and Twitter. I would like to also point out that some of my some World of Wrestling Podcast alumni have started to get some wrestling bookings. So you can see Will Power is going to be heading over to... Um, Rumble Wrestling, I think Justin Vincible's part of that promotion as well now, so that's very good to see. Uh, he's also taking bookings for a cuntish company, so we won't really promote that, but fair play to Justin for going out and getting booked. Shame you've got booked for the cuntish company. And also, Keith Chaos going to be wrestling at Quality Pro, so well done to Keith. And also, this weekend, UKPW, um, Fentos is tagging with uh, Dollar Bill as smart money as they're at the Hern Bay Festival. Um, so UKPW returns to Kent. So go and see our friends, former podcast alumni and SEPW alumni there. It is awesome seeing indie wrestling coming back slowly but surely. Where can people find you and your excellent work? At Fanboy Rich. 
go to Russell Talk. It's great fun. Right. Cool. Let's call it a day, man. Happy days. See you next week when the ball might start rolling. Oh, God. I bloody hope so. CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk.
wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get it, 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 get